All right, back in the van. I got my man, Robbie Horn, repeat offender. Good to have you back. And, and our guy, Chris Biggs, man. How's everybody doing? What's going on? Doing great, good, good, man. man. I'm, uh, so I just got, I need to put a little disclaimer out. We did this episode once before, and I totally fucked it up. It's a big disclaimer, bro. Yeah. So and this is the second time it's happened to me, and I'm, I was super butthurt. Um, I've, I've learned my lesson. I fixed I figured it the fuck out, so we're there. Good. You go, man. Let's see. Well, this is your redemption shot for your Tosh Point Oh, right? Uh... <laughs> yeah, you can't make yourself out to be a professional podcaster than like accidentally delete episodes. Oh, yeah. So me and Chris have not let him forget about it either. So how long ago was this, Mark? That was probably about a month ago, I guess. Yeah, a month ago, man. So we've been we have a group text us three, and you know we just obviously that's how we communicate. That's our our lines of communication, and it's just been. You know, me and Chris have been Dude, I, doing stuff. I, I, like, hit my crew, my like, the guys that work on my pages and stuff with me. I hit them up, and, like, I was, like, in tears almost. Like, I'm like, bro, boy, <laughs> like, I captured this epic episode, and it's just gone. Like, it just disappeared. Yeah. Like, I don't even <laughs> know what to say. Like, it just it just doesn't exist anymore. Like, <clears throat> yeah. Fuck. We're moving on from it, though. I figured oh. it the fuck out. We got it. Yeah. We're moving on, man. Yeah. Chris, man, tell us, uh, give us a your, give us a little of your background and uh, kind of your story, man. What you did in the army and and the whole deal. My name is Christopher Biggs. Um, I'm 37 years old. I joined the military or I joined the U.S. Army in 2012 or 2003. Uh, my first duty station was Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, I was a combat engineer, 12 Bravo. I don't know if I said that. So yeah, I went to third ID. Our first deployment was uh, to Bakuba, Iraq, in 2005. We stayed there for a year. Came back. I re-enlisted while I was there. I uh, got my new duty station at Fort Hood, Texas. So I went over to, how uh, was the unit called? 59th Mac Mobility Augmentation Company. Huh. Um, it was non-divisional, out of 36 Engineer Brigade. Uh, so we got there. We deployed in November of 07. And then December 10th, 2007, I got hit by uh a suicide car bomb and yeah it's just life was just fucking dramatically different after that man like i got sent to, to germany they fixated my legs i still had both my limbs at the time uh from there they they sent me to san antonio which was cool because i'm from texas and i spent the next two years uh rehabbing there in san antonio just until they can get me good enough to uh get out of the military and then i dealt with the va system yeah and it, that was a whole Totally different fucking ball game, man. Um, but yeah, so after I got out, I was still having issues and still having surgeries. And the VA, the VA had plans to do all the all these different things they wanted to do to <clears throat> to try and relieve some of the pain I was having. And I just saw the amount of surgeries they were wanting to do, and it just it wasn't worth it. And so I talked to the doctor about um, possibly getting the limb removed, and it it worked out, man. Bro, tell them I'm sorry to cut you off, man, but like so I've known Chris Chris, how long have we how long have we been? Maybe what, about a year? Yeah, you stopped me on Facebook for a while before we met. But. <laughs> yeah, then he started sending me dick pics and you know it went from there. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, so that's one thing that Chris I admired I'm so admired. Like Chris is a, a pretty big inspiration to me, man. Like I know he just thinks he's my friend, but see he just says it like that, dude. Like Oh, and then I just removed my limb. Yeah, it is kind of... Uh, Bro, fabulous. Chris, 
Dude, bro, they made him go seven fucking years. How long? How long did you carry walk around like that and pain discomfort, man? Like this is what I, I want people to hear, dude. Is the shit you've gone through to get to where you're at today, man? Like we just climbed a fucking thirteen thousand foot mountain. Yeah, dude. So I, I don't. I just don't want you to speed past that. Hey, they, they just took my leg off. Like, dude, he went. Dude, they had to fly him, bro. Tell him where all you had to fly, man. Like, tell him all that shit, Chris. Please, I'm sorry to cut you off, dude. But. No, no, I'm better with the question, the Q and A. All right, thank you. Like, to, to, so tell them, tell them the whole process, Chris, about from the time then you started to talk to other amputees, and you're like, dude, that's when you're like set, like, because bro, when he told me like it was a blessing to get his leg taken off, I'm like, what? Sort of surprised. Like, <laughs> then he rewinded, bro, and he was just like, dude, it was I was in so much pain, like it fucked his hips up because he had to overcompensate and all that shit, dude. And then meanwhile, bro, they're flying him like all over the goddamn country. For like an appointment for like thirty minutes, bro. Boom, and then it's like, Chris, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but we we yeah, please. He didn't. So, they didn't just. It wasn't just like so, a one day one day thing, like you made it sound like. So I'm trying. To- so so my left my left leg was just completely shattered and and hacked. I think you had mentioned your your mom had broken her heel or something like that. Yeah. So my mom. This is like. So my mom may be uh, dramatically inspired by your story. So um. wow. Um. So yeah. So. That that was done, and so what should have happened, or it, you know, believe it or not, it's a pretty common injury, especially for the time, uh, just from people where people were getting blasts. It was to have heel shatters where it happened a lot, right? And so the most of the people that it happened to had got uh, amputations, and so what I had noticed was it was November '07, December, and then pretty much 2008, and so the media was really getting on the war back then, yeah, and. Uh, Walter Reed was kind of going through some stuff and work our medical center was like the place. And so like all eyes on them. And, uh, the, the post commander was just like, man, if you got a bill and wire and duct tape and do what you got to do, just quit cutting limbs off because it looks bad. Yeah. And so I was, I was a part of that wave. And so they salvaged my, my limb. And once the military, especially invest in something like that, like they're not going to go back on it. And on top of that, like I was in pain, but man, the doctor did an amazing job. Like, um, putting the leg back together and like with, with as many pieces it was in, yeah, like he, he did a really good job. And like, like I said, it still hurt, but that looked good on him. And he wasn't about to like take that off, you know? Yeah, for sure. I get it. Um, so, so I was just in a really, really weird spot, man. And I just didn't really know what to do. And I knew what I wanted and I, I knew so many amputees and, um, I wasn't especially active before, but I saw what I wasn't able to do or what I didn't have an option for anymore. And I saw these guys that were missing limbs out there doing these things. And I was like, fuck, if I wanted to, I guess I could still do it. You know, if I were to go that route, it would be an option. And um, it was just worth it, man. You know so what I mean? I love that you say that, though, because, like, it seems like, it's, it seems like that's a, a trend, right? Like, you see these folks, like, who, for, for whatever reason, whether it be combat-related or otherwise, like, they, they – they lose a limb or they choose to have a limb removed or whatever for whatever circumstance. And then it seems like their quality of life actually skyrockets. Like, and, and most people would be like, there's no way that could be true. But it seems like, it seems like in your case, like your, your leg was actually sort of holding you back and then you make this decision. And then the things I see you do are fucking pretty incredible. And well, like the thing with me was like, I have a lot, I I still have a lot of survivor's guilt. Um, with stuff that happened and you know it's i tell a lot of people about you know getting blown up and all that i don't really talk a lot about what happened inside the truck you know after that it happens it, it, it wasn't cool but some stuff you know like i've, I've held on to for a long time 
and just getting up every morning, man. Like, you know, what's the first thing that, that touched the ground when you get out of bed, your feet. Yeah. That's how you start your day. And like, I felt that pain automatically. And it was just like, just reliving it all the time, man, every morning. And, you know, so the physical factor on top of that, like, it was just shitty, dude. So, so you were hit, you said you were hit by a V-bid, um, but you, were you on a route? Was, weren't you on like a route clearance team in a Buffalo? Like, isn't that? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know um, that, you know, the military listener probably understands that a Buffalo is a fucking massive, massive MRAP. It's like, it's, I think it's the big MRAP we have. And to get, what did you say? You got tossed, right? The truck got tossed. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, yeah. So I mean, yeah, fucking ragdoll. Dude, that's a massive explosion. Now, obviously, we, we don't, you know, we don't have to talk about what what goes on inside a vehicle when something like that happens. But obviously, like just to put it in context, like this is no small thing. Like you, you were involved in in a catastrophic, you know, thing. Like up, up to that point, they <clears throat> you could always put a buffalo back together, man. No matter what, yeah. Like that's how they they were made to like get blown up into pieces and just put them back together. And they had yet to take one out, like, and there had been no KIA's in one yet, right. And so I don't remember anything, but apparently there was like a bongo truck with um, a bunch of uh, explosives in the back. And they said like 5,000 pounds, but I think that's kind of overshooting it. But it was a lot. And so they detonated themselves. We were going through a checkpoint. And so there was Hesco baskets, you know, zigzagging. Wow. Yeah. I've been through many of them. And so, yeah. So as soon as we came out on the other side, man, this serpentine I guess, is a preferred nomenclature. <laughs> whoa, bro. Whoa, bro. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Eddie's over there, horn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're uh, as soon as we come out of it, man, like this bongo truck, I guess, pulled out of where they were on the side of the road and just rammed into the side of us and detonated. And we've gone up so high that we rolled on the same exact side that we got hit on, which was weird. I thought. Wow. But uh, we were we were on a bridge, and it was right where the the bridge met the ground where the embankment is. Yeah. And uh, we rolled like I counted eight rotations going down. And yeah, it was, it was fucked up, man. That's unreal. Uh, Dude, yeah. I, after hearing something like that, it's so it's shocking that they could they could even you know keep you know, <laughs> they were able to repair your leg. To be honest, like I mean, when you think about what what goes on in something like that, dude, like um, yeah, I mean it's it's such a weird thing, dude. That it's like so commendable that they were able to you know it speaks I think a lot to the 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 medical care that we can get where they can. things but also like at the same time you got to think long term like you know quality of life issues dude i don't know man it's hard for me yeah i see it with my mom but it's it's interesting it's hard for me to i don't i don't you know i have little aches and pains man but i you know it's like i don't know what it's like to have a shattered limb and try to maintain it you know well you know go on robbie we're just in the mountains the other day i told you we climbed a thirteen thousand foot mountain well he did 13 13 2 actually it's 13 149 but <laughs> <Yeah>. the uh <laughs> so dude, my knees are fucking i mean i, I again it's my knees my knees hurt man you know i'm getting up there i'm not saying up there in age I'm, i'll be 39 in august so i'm 38 and so yeah we were staying at an airbnb in new mexico man and i was coming down the stairs dude my knees are just barking <laughs> he was standing at the bottom we we're gonna go outside and i he was standing at the bottom of the stairs man and my knees were fucking killing me bro and he could hear me aching and pain. He's like, "What's the matter?" And I'm like, "Bro, you think I'm gonna bitch to you about my fucking legs? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not gonna bitch at all, man. Like, it's yeah, it, yeah, man. It's uh, yeah, dude. It's it, dude. It's so amazing to get to. I say work with him because I mean that's what I do, man. 
it's amazing to get to work with him, dude. It's such an inspiration. I mean, we, we go through our times too, man, where it's, it's not all easy, man. It's not all happy. It's not all grins and smiles, man. There's a lot of tears and yeah. fuck yous and get the fuck away from me. Chris, <laughs> once, bro. Chris, yeah. what, was your, what was your pain like when you had your leg and what is it now when you're out like working um, climbs and surfing and all the fucking crazy <laughs> shit you put yourself through? So with the, the my li- my limb, um, the heel was shattered. So they did a the L shaped cut uh, down the heel, okay. um, down the um, Achilles tendon, and then a- across the heel, like an L shape. And that's how they repaired repaired the heel. But um, all my metatarsals were shattered. Mm. And um, when they put them back together, they were fucking. Uh, what's the word? Um, they're just misshapen. They weren't put together right. Yeah. And so there was a big bulge on the side of my foot that I, I couldn't tie my shoes. Because when I tied shoes, it'd be too tight. So I just left my shoe untied on my left side. And um, just from that alone, man, like it's almost like I had to buy like two different size shoes. And so, but, you know, find something that was even comfortable was fucking difficult, let alone trying to run. Yeah. And so I was like, I'd like, I'd always lifted. And so I was, I, I tried to go volunteer to, at a gym uh in abilene texas and this guy let me come work for free you know and they were doing spartan races and so they asked me if i wanted to go and i was like yeah and so what ended up happening is i was like the fucking bad guy while they were out there doing this awesome race and i had no idea what was really happening and i saw like the start line and they disappeared and they came back and it was like they had a fucking amazing time and i was just guarding the gear you know and i just wanted to do it so fucking bad man yeah. And I just I couldn't. Like I, I knew that if I'd gone there and like even tried it, like it just wouldn't have been fun. Not bad. So we were just talking about all the things you've overcome with your 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 leg, man. How the was that how fucking how fucking impressed we are about the shit that you do, man. And like and that's the thing, that's um I was having a, a talk with somebody the other day about self discipline. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, people automatically assume because we're military, like we're 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 discipline and like we're you know all this shit but in reality like we were just in fear of like physical fucking punishment back then so we did the right thing right yeah but if you go out on a four-day weekend and like people get crazy bro and they do all kinds of illegal stuff and but come monday morning dude they're in formation like it you know they made it but that's because they know if they didn't show up they get really screwed over but like you learn the ropes (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly discipline is paradigm, man. it's 100 percent perishable. robbie you know it i know it i'm, yeah. I'm going through a i'm going through a, a perishable discipline type scenario right now man like trying to get get myself back right on the right track and healthy again you know what i mean it's a perishable thing yeah dude that's why I'm, I'm in i'm in the exact same place dude and like and i do all this cool awesome shit but like that shit's easy dude because like it's not that i i, I don't quit like fuck i want to quit all the time bro all the time but i always have somebody with me that won't let me Right, and no matter where right. I'm at, dude, I've surrounded myself with people who will not let me quit. It's everybody, and so even climbing that mountain, dude, I like I wanted to quit, and the, I knew the guy that was next to me like wouldn't let me, so I didn't even try. Yeah, and um, but that's easy stuff, man. It's like it's it's the day to day stuff, you know what I mean? Like doing the right thing when nobody's looking, or uh, just trying to like create good habits in your day, you know? Yeah, that's way, just, that's, that, way, that's that's way harder, I think. Way, way harder, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and it's been so long since I've faced a, you know adversity like that, bro. Yeah, 
and so that's where I'm at, man. That's the mental game, man. That's the mental challenge, you know. Rob, you know how you know what it's like, dude. Like you know better and you slip anyways, and you're like, motherfucker. Yeah. It's easy to do yeah. it's easy to do good whenever it's my old baseball coach used to say I was a fair weather player, man. When it's everything's going good for you, man. Right. You're good. Yep. But as soon as adversity hits, man, you, you throw your hands up and and and, and I, I was, man, I I hated being inconvenienced, right? For sure. And up till about maybe a year ago, and I I tell Chris about patience all the time, man. I I mean, I still don't get me wrong. I still struggle. There's still days where I want to rip people's faces off. Yeah. I mean, I have two little hellion kids at home that, yeah. So it's it's a, it's an it is an everyday thing, man. It's like when you wake up. That's why I always tell you, uh, hack you know, rinse do every day, man. It's it's resets every day, man. As soon as you wake up. Like you, you know, you just said, Chris. You know, you know, there's a way that you wake up that you used to not wake up. But you know what? I, I think that, uh, man, you guys, these amputee guys, fucking motivate me. You know, there was a guy that climbed that mountain with us, Michael Owens. He doesn't have an arm, and that guy rides his bike. He he uh, he works for the Wounded Warrior Project. Like he's he's an employee of theirs. He never got winded, bro. <laughs> Never got winded, bro. So, Mark, you 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 did Mark Sanderson, like you you um yeah. He did an episode on your your podcast, so he let it. He let everybody up, bro. That guy was on his heels the entire time, like <laughs> had a dip of snuff in, like yeah. He thought sure. we were just on a na- just on a nature walk, man. Like and then there was the dude bro- fucking flip flops. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There, I saw some of that shit, man. That was interesting. What the fuck, bro? Man? But you know what he said? They said, "How'd you do that?" And he goes, "I'm a marine." I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so like, that means all y'all are marines too, bro. <laughs> His wife Lupe is uh, Lupita. Sorry, Lup- Lupita is one of our participants to go to. Kil- she got picked to go to Kilimanjaro, like Chris did. You know, so that was uh, the Freedom Peak team. She's part of the Freedom Peak team. She's a she's an ultra. I don't know if she's an ultra. Yeah, she is an ultra runner. She runs like marathons and shit, man. She loves that shit, man. Anyway, so that was her husband. So we all, uh, a couple weeks ago, the whole Freedom Peak team met out in New Mexico, in Taos, New Mexico, at the uh, Carson National Forest. We set up a camp out there. We drove, me, Chris, uh, Mark, and uh, the founder, Cody, of the Warriors Keep, we all drove out to New Mexico. We set up camp, and then, uh, yeah, dude, we climbed Wheeler Peak, 13,000-foot mountain. So... Yeah, she brought her husband with her, which, you know, he's a veteran, which was fine. And, yeah, dude, he just – I guess he didn't bring – he forgot his tennis shoes. So, <laughs> so when I say that he was literally in flip-flops the entire time, yeah, like, bro, he took his – only time he took his flip-flops off was to go through snow. <laughs> yeah, bro, let that fucking resonate. Bro, Hard, the entire time dude. he was in flip-flops and or – he had his shoes off, so he had no other shoes, and he started. Dude, it looked like he was going on a fucking fishing trip, bro. He had a goddamn. He started with a goddamn visor, like a short sleeve button up Columbia like plaid fishing shirt, and like some fucking like Columbia shorts, and fucking chanclas, bro. Rainbow flip flops. It's, it's like his, it's it's, like his wife woke him up in the couch, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll go, I'll go. Just give me a few minutes, <laughs> bro." It's like Roll he was out, dropping. Dude. Like he was dropping off our breakfast or something. He's like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll go." <laughs> like he's an Uber Eats guy or something, dude. He fuck how how fucked up were his feet when he was done? Not bad at all. Yeah. Not bad at all. I have picture. I have picture. I'll send you picture. I have video of it too. I I have, so I have the video of all of but us. It was just so. It was so unnecessary, though, man. Like I get it, hardcore. Like that dude is a badass, but I was just like, why? 
Yeah. Like, why? I mean, it wasn't he, – he didn't have shoes. So it's not like he just was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it in flip-flops. He, he literally didn't have shoes. Yeah, I can see where you might but, suckered into it, but at the same time, it's like so I do question why people do some of the shit they do, man. Just to be honest, dude. So everybody we passed on the way down asked if we were with the flip flop guy, like, <laughs> that, like the people that yeah. were coming opposite direction. They they all knew the flip flop guy. Man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like when I saw some of the images come out on your Instagram and stuff, I was like, well, that seems a bit excessive. Like what? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this guy true? If you know, or, or what? You know, That's I didn't know if there was, I didn't know what kind of story there was behind it or whatever. It makes it to be honest. It no, it was intriguing, but. It really was not – there was no, like – it wasn't planned or – yeah, I got a good picture with him. And I'll, I guess I'll see you some pictures. It's pretty funny. But dude, seriously, the best part was whenever we were like, how would you do that? And he goes, well, I'm a Marine. And, like, we looked at all, like, Robbie and, and those other guys <laughs> at Marines. And we're like, so why the fuck you have your shoes on, dude? Because he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, dude, so I don't know, a little uh, bit guys, inferior, bro. We were all like in trekking poles. I had like three jackets, a fucking, <laughs> I had goo bars. Like, you know, I had all this stuff. Bro, dude. I, I had goo bars. Dude, you have gushers, dude. I didn't see any goo bars on you, dude. Just gushers and Skittles. Gushers yeah, that is. Skittles, you're right. I do have the goo, the goo, like, or the stingers, the stinger bars are. Dude, I, find, I actually find it fascinating, like, when people say shit like that, oh, I'm a Marine. <laughs> and you're like, like, that could mean a lot to someone, though. You, <laughs> you could do some fucking seriously stupid shit that you didn't think you could possibly do just by saying that. I mean, and same for, same for like, soldiers. Like, oh, I'm a ranger. I'm an engineer. I'm this or I'm that. Like, that means a lot to people, and it'll push them to do some fucking outrageous shit. Like, if you, if you really break it down and think about it. But albeit in, insanely excessive, you know? Like, because most Marines would be like, oh, you're a Marine? Cool. You just hiked 13,000 fucking feet and flip-flops? You're an idiot. Like what, you know, like what, why would you do that? Uh, yeah. I mean, people will do weird shit over, over just something so simple as, you know, obviously a title means a lot to us, but I mean, in, in hindsight, it's really just a simple word and you know, people, people will do a lot of shit in that name. You know, it's crazy. But, but like you know, the better, the better part of that was like, he was talking about, cause he, Lapita goes all over the place and does these marathons and, and whatever and supports these great causes. Oh, and he, bro, he, he goes with her, dude. But he like he carries a sign like he said he was in New York City in fucking cowboy boots and he had this sign he followed her for like six <laughs> miles and ran with her dude in cowboy boots. Yeah, dude, blue so jeans, like, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's like he's fucking hardcore. But when he told me that, I was like, "But you love your wife, and that's kind of cool, dude." Yeah. And um, yeah, but it's just yeah, it's kind of cool. I admire that. I don't no, know about man, the I, don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong, man. I admire the hell out of it. But yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. I told him he kind of fucked himself. I'm like, bro, you can never. You can never make an excuse never to walk to the store to get your wife shit, dude. I was like, <laughs> you can never rain, sleet, or snow, bro. Like, you can't, you can't, well, she, you can't. She might be more hardcore than him, though. I don't know. Like, she's pretty badass. And that's probably why he did it. I really think she could kick his ass. And I really think she could kick my ass, just for the record. Like, ultra, ultra marathon runners are on a whole nother weird level, man. Mentally, oh, I would not Holy fuck shit. with her. Yeah. Mentally yeah. and physically, they're in a place that most humans can't get to. I'm sorry, but yeah. that shit is just fucking. Yeah. It's flat out excessive. It absolutely takes you to to places that the human body and mind aren't used to going. And I just I think those people are fucking special. I, I don't even want to run ten feet, let alone fucking <laughs> some of the weird shit they do. You know, well, something's yeah. different in their brains, man. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they tap into a place that I think a lot of a lot of people just can't get to. To be honest, I mean, I don't know. And they get off on that shit, dude. They love it. My wife loves it at the same dude. time. My wife, like, she'll be like, I just feel so happy when I'm running. And I'm like, I feel the exact opposite. Like, 
I feel nothing but hatred. Robbie knows, dude. I feel nothing but hatred and anger when I run. Is it, you got to give it. A, you you got to have some patience with it, man. Yeah, I just no, I bro. No, you know. Some people are born with it. Some I'm on. I'm on hack side, dude. I'm yeah. with bro, him. Bro, I'm. You think I was born with it? You know how fat I am. I'm with the bikes right now, man. Honestly, I got a bike, dude. I'm I'm trying to get back in that train because I've always like the exercise bikes and shit in the gym. If I'm gonna do like just flat out cardio. Those have always been a yeah. little more, uh, a little better for me. Uh, and Mark Sanderson told me to get a, a mountain bike too. And so yes, you, I'm on it, man. I'm I'm getting there. If you just get look, a bicycle it, sponsor, dude. If you just look at it like it's just part of your daily routine, not as some tedious bullshit that you have I, to do. Bro, my kids called just, me. Out. Like, Dad, you got a bike? Why aren't you using it? I'm like, <laughs> just knowing that, bro. Start with three miles. Start. That's that should take you 15 minutes. They're little, they're little monsters of accountability. I love it. My kids are it's like good, man. Yeah, I watch your I watch your kids' Instagram golf. They're gonna be the LGP L, LGPGA or LPGA or whatever it is. It's gonna come. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah, they're gonna come. Dude, see, yeah, I was like Kaya went through some uh, some uh, adversity, man. Like mentally, that's a challenge. Like individual sports are so hard, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just like mm-hmm. we're all just so fucking inspired, man. The just to see everybody coming through like all these hurdles dude i think like covid and the whole fucking wuhan shit and all this stuff dude it's like put people in a place <laughs> where they have to challenge their mind you know like this is i just feel like there's so many untold um things about all this like vets being stuck in their homes everything i mean think about it dude just like the mental uh aspect of this like i was good at first but it's actually starting to fuck with me a little bit not having my routine you know what i mean like i want to be home yeah. I want to be at home and doing home stuff, not working from home and then trying to do home stuff and like not having yeah. that time away in my office is kind of fucked with me. Actually, I made it longer than I anticipated, but now I'm starting to get antsy about it. Like they told me the other day, like, yeah, we don't know when you're going to come back to your office. I'm like, fuck, like, you wow. know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. I don't know. But there's, I just think about a lot of people that like there's vets and shit that need to be out doing stuff, you know? And I wonder like, can yeah, they- dude, can they or not? Dude, I, I, I spent years like in my apartment with the shades drawn and like never going outside. And then they put us on lockdown. I was like, fuck, dude, I don't want to do that again. Like yeah. I've already done that. It's not fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't want to see anybody. That, dude, I, I feel like they may, that's when, that's when the demons allow you to make fucking bad choices and shit, you know, like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's so hard to, it's so like, so, so hard for people to fight through that on their own, you know? And the, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I struggled like a motherfucker during COVID, dude. But like at the same time, I, you know, I still surf and I still try to maintain some type of like a normal life. Yeah. But now I would put on social media and like, I would almost get passively aggressive or passive aggressively shunned. And, you know, people would be like, you know, you're the reason that we're going to, we're not going to be able to leave our houses for a year. And, and I was like, bro, I'm just fucking surfing, man. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everybody had an opinion back then. And I don't like to, like, cause problems or, like, you know, have people flare up or anything. And so I just fucking deleted my social media altogether. And I just don't like feeling made to, I don't like being made to feel guilty for just doing normal shit. So that was definitely an interesting, interesting component. Right. And like we were trying to, I was trying to explain it. Like everyone's like, well, why the fuck are the home Depot lines so long? Yeah. Like, well, maybe that guy needs that project to keep himself fucking from grabbing a beer that he hasn't had in 12 years or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, 
these guys, yeah. like, these guys are sitting around anyone. Uh, I mean, not just veterans, but people like anyone that's got these struggles, man, like they need that project. They need that material to do that project to like prevent themselves from, from flipping, man, or, or, you know, falling off whatever wagon they're on, you know, what albeit anything, you know, people, yeah. people were so quick to, you're right, man. The shame stuff that came with it was fucking sort of weird. And, but oh. they were all fucking coming out with these rules and I'm like, they're making it seem like it came from like the president himself or the CDC. And really it's like your fucking drunk neighbor told you that. Like there's no, you didn't like, you didn't research it or like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was a headline on, on, on a fucking, some news app. Like you didn't read it. For sure. That chick, I feel like that chick got out of hand, man. Quick. Brett bad. And like, that's what fires me up, man. Is when people start trying to tell me rules and what I need to do and don't do. And I'm like, where the fuck, you, where is this coming from? And Yeah. Most of the time, it's just from another person. A lot of those people have never been isolated for some other reason. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like people a, freak out, man. They've never been isolated inside their own mind. You know, that's a that's a scary fucking place to be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robbie, tell me a little bit about what you got going on, man. You, you, uh, I saw you got approved to do your nonprofit. <clears throat> I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I. Uh, let's see. We're in. Yeah, man. Last month on the eleventh, I got uh, I got my letter back from IRS saying that they approved me to have a charitable, you know, organization. So yeah, Therapeutic Recreation Group (TRG) is uh, what we're going to be called, or what we are called. What are you going to focus on? Um, we're going to take guys out on like hunts, man, and uh, hunts. I'm going to do fishing trips, um, surfing. Anything outside, man. Just yeah. Chris, you surf, right? You like when you when you're out wakeboarding. Is that considered surfing, or do you actually go to like the ocean and surf too? It's it's wake surfing. Uh, wakeboarding, you're actually clamped into the board, and you you hang on to the rope. Okay. But wake surfing, the, these boats now, man, they kick up a big enough wave to where you can ride in it with a board without anything and just cruise behind the boat. No shit. And so technically, technically, it's surfing, but like it's not pure like ocean surfing is. Okay. And um, I'm I'm not nearly as good at ocean surfing, no. But I would like to get good at it. Okay. I like to do more of it. So, but Robbie, that's a, that's something you're looking at trying to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm I am gonna do. Chris already told him he's gonna be my water guy, man. I uh, I do. So I grew up. My my brother, man, we surfed. That's why I got my uh, surfboard here. There you go. Yeah, man. I I, I, I want to get back into that too. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I want to get back into surfing. I've got some friends here in Austin, man, that, uh, that have some boats that'll do it and, uh, they're willing to do it too, man. And, uh, yeah, I want to get into that. I'm going to, I, I want to see him do it. He already does that. Like he's pretty magical at it. You should watch him. He wears his little banana hammock thong <laughs> when he does it. it was, show, man. Oh my God, man. You're, you're kind of a sexy bitch, Chris. <laughs> he always I, tells you know, me I'm tried, sexy. Dude. He always tells try, me how man. sexy I am. That's what I tell him. Like, dude, you're sexy, man. I, I mean, I work hard at it, bro. Like, I appreciate that. Dude, if I, <clears throat> if I wasn't fat, I'd be flaunting my shit all over the fucking <laughs> If you well, got, like, It's like I used to – you know how everybody hates on, like, the silkies and the ranger panties and all that shit? And I'm just yeah. like, what are you hating on, bro? If you got it, fucking let it flop, dude. Like, I bought these things, dude. Like, I, oh, I wear oh, you got them on all right the now. time. <laughs> yeah. Love but it. I had a one-on-one yoga session yesterday. Uh, from one of my friends and it was amazing dude because like you know you meet people who are like destined to fucking do certain things right yeah 
Like I knew a guy that was a boxer and I know that like going into a ring, he saw things differently. He moved differently than most other people. Exactly. Yeah. And that was just, and so this girl is like, she's in tune with the fucking body. And, and so I've never really had my lit, my hips lined up during a yoga flow. And it's hard for me to grasp the concept behind it because I can't, it's hard for me to just do it without having to, to, to break a, a pose or like figure yeah. something else out. And there's way too much question? thinking. Yeah. Is it leg on or leg off during yoga? That's the thing, man. Like usually I've transitioned in and out, but I, I was doing like hot vinyasas, which are pretty hardcore. And the only reason I was doing that is because like, I just wanted to fucking see if I could do it. And I wanted to like stand up there with, you know, able-bodied people and hang. But in reality, I should have started from the bottom of Zen. And um, so that's, you know, Zen is like you chill out with pillows and like, you start at the base yeah. and you work your way up to the other stuff. But I told her, I was like, if I'm going to do restorative yoga, I want to do it like the God made me now. And I don't want to do it with my leg on. I'd rather do it with it off yeah. and completely leave it off. So I have to worry with it. And so she made me a flow, dude. And she came over yesterday and like did it with me. It was fucking amazing, dude. Okay. Like, so what you're saying is you got by yoga flow. You're saying like a, a session, a session that you can do like with without your leg on, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. works specifically but, for your yeah. body. Yeah, but they yeah. see like it's hard for me to line up, man. Like when other people they go down to certain positions, I can't do some of that because you know I'm not having a foot or like putting pressure on my on my stump. And so you can use pillows or blankets, dude, and stuff them underneath you, or like put them under your feet, underneath your knees, or yeah. and you can level yourself out. You just have to know what the fuck you're doing, and she does. That's crazy. And so all the stuff I struggled with before, she made it so easy and it was enjoyable. And, um, I just think it's fascinating oh. that you, well, for one, like you say able-bodied people, but it seems like you do more shit than, than what you would consider <laughs> bodied people. There's lots of yeah. able-bodied people out there that ain't doing the shit you're doing, bro. That's, that's crazy to me. This is very, I bet, you know, I, I kind of want to, like, I've, I, I've been really busy over the last few years, man. Like my body's starting to really fucking pay. Yeah. Like climbing that mountain, dude. Like, I want to sit here and lie to you, dude, and be like, oh, it was an amazing experience the whole way up, the whole way down, down <laughs> before it. Bro, I wanted to fucking, like, I saw people, we would just go over this terrain, dude, and it was just shattered rock and snow, and, like, every step that I took, there was a drop-off, and so, like, there was, like, consequence. And so every step was just planned and methodical. Yeah. And every step going up, I was like, fuck, I got to come back down this shit. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I'd come up to stuff, and my fucking will would break, bro. And I would just, I'd, I would want to step it out so bad, but I just didn't have the ability to. Um, and I was so much slower than everybody. And like, I fucking saw people with legs. I'm like, I fucking hate you, dude. Like I want my leg back so bad right now. Yeah, I get and it. I just I despise them. But as soon as I was done, man, it all just, it all changed like instantaneously. It's like, it, it's, a, it was a euphoric, like yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. I feel like yoga is going to help your body um, offset some of that though. Wouldn't it? I mean, I I've never, I've never really, been a, a yogi i don't i mean i know mark, well, I, mark sanderson told me it's it's pretty intense man i know a lot of people are getting into it if you do it right but um well bro like not many people are on mark's level dude you can ask robbie on that mark's i mean good, i don't bro. know what kind of yogi he is or whatever it sounds like it's something he really does but i mean no mark no, is dude, he's very, good he, he's really good uh but not like until yesterday man like i never really got i mean i've had good instructors but until somebody actually sat down with me and like yeah. worked one-on-one -on -one and like educated me in areas that like I don't know anything about because they're smarter than me. Yeah. It was an entirely different experience. 
Um, and I can say, like, if I can start doing yoga like that, who knows what the fuck is possible. Right. So what? tell me more about the leg itself, man, like what you have and what you use to get up these mountains and shit. Like we kind of, we had a conversation about it a little bit. Um, and, and it seems like you have access to stuff where other people don't, but like, it's not a one size fits all type deal, right? No. So, I mean, you know, people with legs, man, you, you kind of, you know, once you start trying legs, you know, your very first leg is an amputee. You start figuring out what you like and what you don't like. Some people like weight. Some people like them no weight. Uh, some people like the spring. Some people like the brick. You know, it's, it's, it's just all up to the person. But me personally, I don't like it. Like, if I'm ever going to go anywhere, dude, I want the ability to get the fuck out if I need to, man. I want to be able to run. Yeah. Um, if I just have a regular walking leg on, like, you can try and run, but you just look really weird. And you're not going to get away very fast. You know, what do they say about being an antelope? Just don't be the, the slowest one. You just got to beat the... So I found this leg, man. It was called a cheetah. Yeah, the cheetah was my sprinting leg. But then I found out they had a cheetah explorer. And it has a heel on it. And so it has no metal on it, dude. It's all molded. Uh, it's extremely lightweight, just carbon graphite. And I can wear this thing surfing to a, I can climb a mountain and go to a wedding all on the same day. Same leg. That's intense, man. You said, did yeah. you see, you were in a, you were in like a, a sort of adaptive style gym, right? And you said that's not the same for other, other folks, right? Like these, some of the, some of the shit is hard to come by. Is that correct? Like their insurance doesn't necessarily cover it and all this stuff or what? So, civil, civilian jam, man. Cause these legs aren't cheap, dude. Like, especially whenever you get to the above knees, like, they are just to get an electronic knee for those guys. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow. It's ridiculous. And so therefore insurance isn't going to pay for what they don't want to. And so they go by like what's necessary and sprinting legs as opposed to walking legs are dramatically different uh, prices. And so unless you need to like, unless you have a reason to go to a running leg, they're not going to give you one and it's fucking hard to get them. Okay. And so with these guys, they have to get grants or, um, and it sucks because, just having the option to run, dude. Like, even if you're going to do it or not, just know that you can if you wanted to. Like, you can change things dramatically, dude. Yeah, I could I could see where mentally that would be a struggle. Yeah. Like, ask, you know, like, like let's say you go to a concert, like, asking yourself, like, how 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 could I get out of here if I had – you know what I mean? Like like you were saying. You yeah, were, yeah. You know, I mean, but people are restricted exactly. to what their insurance will cover um, for, yeah. what, for whatever weird circumstance their life presented them. That's crazy. But, but the cool thing about this – It's just wild, like – um, you hear the VA is always fucked up and shit and all this stuff. And in a lot of ways it probably is, but it sounds like in this regard, um, it's actually better. Well, yeah. And you know, the thing is, man, um, the leg that I have, dude, it's, it's, it's all how they're going to clarify or classify a leg, dude. So you can run in the leg I have. It's not as comfortable as like running with a sprinting leg, but it's definitely doable, but it's a walking leg. So if they could classify this as a running leg or a walking leg, an issue to people is that they it would still have the ability to do both yeah it's just they don't you know you understand what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> you know, it's just uh, i mean i don't know the whole thing is like it's crazy to me um you would think it would just be out there like it you know like it would just be easy for people to get I, yeah. just, I mean yeah. you know, i don't know I, I it seems like such an odd thing to have a hard time getting i get well, that we're in america like we're, yeah. in, we're in america exactly I mean, you're telling me that like somebody like fucking Jeff Bezos can't like kick a couple billion to help some motherfuckers get you know get access to a better quality mm-hmm. life. I'm sorry, man. It just yes. hurt him, you know. It's just, yeah, it's shocking yeah. to me. And you know, like, and I see you know people who are amputees, man. Their missions are to like go to Africa and like you know, there's 
a lot of minefield victims over there. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and it just, it sucks because there's just so many people are in need here too. Yeah. I'm not, so um, like me personally, I'm not like a socialist. I'm not into like the whole socialist type nah. stuff. That's just me. I'm into good people doing good shit, man. Like fucking yeah. all these fucking yeah. years and you're telling me like we can't help some people. I, I mean, it's just, it's weird to me. Um, I don't know. dude. I a hundred percent agree with you, man. And like I said, man, like, a simple leg dude can like change the trajectory of somebody's life, dude. Well, that's my point. And I think about my, whenever, whenever I talk about this stuff, I think about my mom and, and I, she's mm-hmm. had this like fucking foot and these doctors did incredible job. Like her. So she was in a traumatic car accident. She talked about it on here with me before and her heel basically yeah, exploded. Right. So yeah. it, it's just like popped like a fucking pimple, man. They put the shit back together. Titanium. She's had multiple surgeries. She's in pain all the time, much like you were, Chris. And like, and I'm just yeah. thinking to myself, like, you know, I, I could never understand what it would be like to tell yourself, yeah, let me just remove this limb because it might work and it might make it better. But it seems like sometimes it does. And um, but to give people quality of life, uh, it's such a such a incredible thing. And it's just like other people are just stuck. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. Yeah. I agree, man. I don't know. I mean, like I said earlier, I just feel like some of you guys that make these decisions and are able to face that adversity are actually like wind up totally different people. They do way more shit. You know, it seems like you do way more shit now than maybe you did before. I don't know. Well, it's like the thing about that is like, you know, I, I, um, I, I started a really major fucking substance abuse problem whenever I had my limb and I was, under the delusion that, oh, if I got my limb removed and I, like, got rid of that fucking whatever, like, then that would fix my life and everything would change and I never want to do drugs again. Yeah. And I got the leg removed and, like, I was wrong. A lot of that was, not. That was pain-induced, though, is that correct? Like, a lot of it? Um, no, like, uh, I guess some of it, but most of it was, like, I didn't know how to fucking talk to people, dude. Like, I thought moving back home, you know, friends and family would be a good idea, but I didn't really know how to relate to people. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know how to talk and I was in pain. And so I was on the couch a lot and I didn't get up. And I remember I was at somebody's house and he offered me this drug and I took it and all of a sudden I was talking, bro. And like, I was up walking around and I felt no pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all I needed, dude. Robbie. I mean, you kind of went through, you went through some of that stuff. I mean, I don't know. Like Can I smoke on here. Huh? Can I smoke yeah. on here? Yeah. You're in your right, house dude. Well, I just didn't know the video thing. Oh, I don't. I've been looking for a lighter. <laughs> yeah, this is just, that's the other fascinating thing is this dude's like up walking around his fucking house like while we're recording, like totally fine. I'm just saying, like you'd think it'd be fucking, yeah, you know, like you'd have a hard time and you're not. But Bobby, I mean, <laughs> you 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 experienced some of this. I mean, was it pain? was it pain for you? Was it mental? What was it? Was it both? I mean, I think it was pain masked by mental shit, man. I I don't think I recognized the mental part of it. You know, I'm a stubborn dude, so. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Just keep pushing forward, right? I mean, that's the only way we're going to get there. So it was just like the mental part didn't matter to me, man. It was just like I I just dealt with it every day because you got to keep moving. Yeah. But the pain thing, yeah, dude, I took Percocet for the first time that he prescribed him to me in Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. And that was the first time I ever took him, man, like in probably 2008. My back were playing softball games. Fucking races, weren't you, man? Yeah, dude. What happened? So, Robbie, did you in your incident in uh, that first incident that you is that when you fucked your back up or what? Um, I think that that helped it, yeah. But I mean, my back was my back was pretty. I don't say fucked. I mean, I was twenty, twenty one, twenty two years old when that happened. Yeah. 
Dude, it's crazy how some people's backs hold up and some don't. It's weird. Like, backs are not created equally. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, and they said it was like uh, – so they could tell, like, it compressed. And they said – and, again, this is – I don't know. It sounds crazy to me, but it could be true of that. But once it's injured like that, it's more susceptible to arthritis. Like, arthritis sets in. For sure. And so, like, they could tell that – like, I had spondylolisthesis anyway, like a weakened backbone. And when I smacked into the windshield, yeah, it compressed my back. And they said it, it made me have arthritis – very very early on so like when i get mris done they can see all that shit in my back so when your truck was hit by an rpg or whatever like when they fired rpg that you smacked into the windshield well no that's no we came to a, a, a very abrupt halt <laughs> we came to a very very screeching halt going about 55 miles an hour man so uh i didn't have a kevlar on of course. rpg stopped you or you hit a palm no. tree the, the driver's face was pretty the guy the guy driving got hit uh, no, no, the, wow. The side view mirror is. Were you in up armored or what? No, dude, this is an 03, man. We yeah, in, did have up armor. Right? I'm we just didn't have our doors doors on trying to think of what yep. kind of fucking, what, what, right, what man. windshield you hit. Y- y'all so, have Kevlar's back then, right? Yeah, we did. I just didn't have it on, man. We were smoking uh, a cigarette. We were listening to Elvis. <laughs> Probably too hard for that. Yeah, man. So I was riding shotgun, bro. We were smoking a marble red. I mean, I, I remember it, man. Like we had, uh, we were cruising. We just got re. We were doing like a refuel mission along with other things there at this uh, little electricity fucking shack. Yeah. Yeah, we keep we start cruising back, man, and they were setting up this ambush. They were prolonging everything for us to set this ambush up. And now we start cruising back, man, and we take RPGs from both sides. And so one of the, the, the main strike hit the driver. So Phillips, he was driving Brent Phillips. I'm, I'm sure you've seen all this stuff. He lost his right eye. Um sure. Yeah, dude, RPG hit right by his, the side view mirror, man. Boom. His face wasn't, wasn't that good. Um, the other two hit behind me, and they, they pretty much fucked the turret gunner up. Blunt. We called him Doobie. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he, was, he was riding in the turret, man. So they hit us right before an S in the road, right? So if, if you remember back to your, your convoy classes, you know, they, that creates a bottleneck, right? That's, that's a great ambush spot, right? So yeah, they hit they hit us right there, man, and it, and Brent couldn't see, dude. Uh, both his eye, obviously his right eye was completely deflated. I remember looking at it, like open it up, wow, just out of curiosity. It was like jelly, man. And was uh, his, yeah, was he wearing his Kevlar? Yeah, he was. He was. And what's crazy, bro? He's got these scars on the back of his head, man. Where like the shrapnel went, like, it, yeah, dude, it, it went over like over his Kevlar and it, it, like, rode the, burned. it, it probably rode the Kevlar, right? Like a bullet. It did man. Yeah. yeah, dude, it did, man. He has like three of them. It's pretty, uh, I'm not saying it's cool. I, I don't mean that, but yeah, it's just yeah, knowing it's what cool, ha- the but hair doesn't grow. The hair doesn't grow there anymore. It's insane. Like the yeah. ballistics of flying metal objects is fucking actually fascinating. It's very but, nuts. Yeah, and it, it went by. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. So anyway, yeah. So he couldn't see very good, man. I mean, he had shrapnel all in his face. So, yeah, we're going about 55 miles an hour, man, and he just kept going straight uh, when he should have turned, and we hit a tree, dude, right there at the amp, right in the kill zone, man, and boom, we come to a stop, dude. Turret gunner gets ejected. He had a Mark 19. He, he went through, went over a Mark 19. If you think about the trajectory, we were, we're going down, man. We hit that tree, boom, launched his ass, and, yeah, dude, I eat the windshield, man. Think about that. You know, I didn't have a seatbelt on. I mean, why would I have a seatbelt on? Why would I have a Kevlar on? All the shit my mom told You're me to do as, as a kid. <laughs> that that and MP, like, you, you enforce things. Yeah. But, dude, I'm just saying, half the time we rode with our fucking doors off, man. Like, right. Yeah. 
Well, back then, I mean, the IED threat was just really, I mean, this is an RPG attack, a complex RPG. Yeah. This was a, an ambush. Yeah, we got I, ambushed. Yeah. No, I don't care what year I went to Iraq. I would never have gone out of the wire without a fucking kept large you. Bro, there, there, there was no wire, though, Chris. Like, you got to understand, there, there never was a wire. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Everywhere you were at, there were people fucking shooting at you. Like, there was no wire. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, used to I, I don't mean like actual. There's, there's no boundaries, man. though. I, I know. I know you are. I used to ask but yeah, Chris, know. I was in a Lance Corp. I was an E3 in charge of a fucking gun truck, man. All right. So that's why that's why they don't put young Marines in charge of shit, man, because they're fucking idiots and they'll fuck up every time. Hey, I got us out of there alive, man. So that's, yeah, man, that's where I have a, a traumatic brain injury, man. When I, I got, uh, I had like a golf ball sized knot on my forehead, man. For me, yeah, I hit the windshield. Cut. I remember, so Brent's was. I pulled him out through his windshield. Oh, God. his was his his was out. Yeah, right. Mine was just spiderweb cracked from my fucking. Well, I think um, yeah. I mean, I can see where my head fucking hit. Think about how how thick those windshields are, bro. Yeah, for me to crack for me to crack that motherfucker. Yeah, for sure, that's a hard hit. Very hard hit. Yeah. And so that's why when they're like, did you lose consciousness? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> First of all, like, I, 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 but I would imagine, bro, like, I, I remember feeling it, dude, because I didn't have much blood on my face. The blood I had, all the most of the blood I had on me was from the, the driver. Yeah. It was from Phillips because yeah. all his shit was blown onto me. Like my pants, my trousers I had, they used to feel like, like fucking 80 grit sandpaper running your hands over them. Like you could feel all of his, like the flesh, little flesh balls, man. From, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They're, they're, they're burnt up. So yeah, I thought, dude. So we had fucking uh, flashbangs, bro, in our our uh, our you know our rearview mirrors, our our sun visors. Sorry, because those motherfuckers would get rumble up around us, dude. Boom, you drop a flashbang, people get the fuck away from me. You know? <laughs> well, times, so, changed, times changed from when I went to Iraq. We used to just peg them with fucking. <laughs> we weren't allowed. Nah. To <laughs> we were throwing sting ball grenades and flashbangs. I'm just kidding, not sting ball grenades. I ain't Bro, trying to go to jail over this shit. I didn't see one of my fucking platoon that fucking shot these kids with the rocks out of the school. So he, he got his uh, girlfriend to send a slingshot, dude. He hit this kid in the face with a marble. Oh fucking unbroken. Like, he never threw it. <laughs> maybe, don't, maybe don't air that, dude. Yeah. But it, like it happened. Um, but they never threw another rock, dude. Like yeah. it was never an issue after that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to set the tone, bro. I mean, the, unfortunately, that's the way it was. Like, you know, like every, it is, dude. everyone was fucking dangerous, you know? Like things, things still work like that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Chris, that's, that's what I mean about the wire. I mean, I guess we were staying on camp dogwood, so I guess they had just built a wire up. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, just, bro, I don't mean, I, don't, I, bro, I know there's not actual wire out in Iraq, dude. I'm saying like, whatever the like, bullets like possibly being thrown at me, like there was no, I want to like, yeah, man. I think we were so immune to it, dude. Like, I, every, dude, we weren't scared of small arms fire. And at that point, dude, we'd already – I say we. It's not like I wiped out any fucking tanks. But, dude, there was no threat of any kind of, like, tanks. Everything was small arms fire. We weren't – I'm not saying trying to – I had a goddamn Mark 19 mount on the fucking top of my roof. I wasn't worried about some fucking dude taking pop shots at me with a fucking AK. I just – I'm sorry. I, we, I guess we built that tolerance up to that at that point. Like – because at that I point, our rules, our rules of engagement were if we saw anybody with an RPG, no questions asked, we could fucking kill them. Like, we weren't, that's why it wasn't like how today where dudes could just be strolling down fucking Bro, route mobile, toting a fucking I, RPG, no questions asked. Yeah. It wasn't like that's that right. back then. You could mow them down. So I get it, man. It's, times are just a little bit different to where it, we weren't, 
like, dude, they didn't even have IEDs yet. Actually, the first IEDs that came out at that time, they were stuffing them inside of fucking animals. Yeah, that was a just, big to, just to yeah. just to blend well, in. Yeah, they was, still did that. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's like the best were, way to hide. Something. They were doing that. Yeah, for sure. Whenever they could, they were they were. Uh, dude, I hated fucking coming across dead animals and shit because I always remembered you know, <laughs> just that flinch, man. Yeah, that that yeah. pose, just waiting for it, bracing yourself. Yep. So yeah, but I, I shouldn't assume how things were in the year that I had never even been to Iraq. So that was my bad, Robbie. Oh, don't worry about oh, it. Dude. <laughs> we, can, we can let it go, bro. Dude, I remember. You got a little fired up there for a second, dude. I no, I wasn't, fi- I wasn't I fired up at all. For the first times I met Robbie, I, I used to feel like I was, I was you know, fairly tough. Like, whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was a security team leader, bro. I, did, I ran a whole bunch of missions. I, like, I was oh, like, I told Robbie, I was like, yeah, man, I used to go outside the wire all the time. And Robbie's like, there was no wire when I was in Iraq, dude. And I'm like, boy. Okay. <laughs> that's, that, that's, him, that's him humbly letting you know that he was in the initial push, dude. Well, and then also, like, like when I used to tell people, war. when I would tell people that I was in Ramadi, um, if you talk to guys that were in Ramadi, like Ro- Robbie went back to Iraq, like 0405, I think, right, Robbie? And then 04, yeah. Anyone who was there, like five, six, and seven in Ramadi, that was like the fucking, literally the worst place on earth to be. And you I didn't rolled through there a time or two, man. Like that, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to Ramadi until 09. It was totally different, totally different scenario. Yeah, I was there in 04 for. Eight months, man. I remember talking to Sh- you know Shashetti, Robbie. I mean, I, I I remember talking to Shashetti about fucking Ramadi, and I was like, oh yeah, man, we could roll convoys through there all the time. He's like, dude, when I was in Ramadi, if you even thought about getting out of your fucking car, you were either gonna get blown up or shot, like or out of your. They truck. pop smoke, dude. They yeah. pop smoke every time you got out of the vehicle. Like you fucking yeah, route, route Michigan. Route Michigan was the deadliest route. Uh, I, I believe in Iraq for the, a, a long time. You hold a fucking ID lane. Oh, very long. Time, yeah, very dude, long. that was in our backyard, man. I mean, we used to fucking. We go to that about every day. Robbie, you were on Blue Diamond, right? Yeah. I mean, blue. There wasn't much uh, left of the whole Blue Diamond, but uh, there was definitely we had a, a a MIT team, I believe it was, and then like Saddam's Palace there. You yeah, know, the Jaden Palace. Yeah, where you could cross into into <laughs> under the fucking thing they had the little archway and shit. Um, yeah, crazy times, man. There were uh, I used to see some pretty epic firefights between fucking. Uh, I mean, who knows? Like, I guess Iraqi police or Iraqi army and whoever the fuck. Bro, they would just they would just Dude. be slinging lead at each other, and we just like, watch. I'll tell you one, got, one of the. Go ahead, Chris. No, I'm saying we used to we got called out on a QRF, dude, and it was the Iraqi police were shooting at the Iraqi army guys, so we had to go <laughs> break them up. And yeah, so we went, we went back. We called. We got caught out again, dude. For the other guy shooting the other guys, and so we were just going back and forth. And I was like, if America could really like listen to what the fuck we were doing right now, like we're just trying to get the good guys to like not kill each other. Um, yeah, it would be something else, man. If they could just listen to the radio conversation we were having to react to, because we were like, what the fuck, dude? Like they just didn't understand. They just all hate each other, and we tried telling them you're on the same side. Yeah, and they just didn't give a fuck, man. We'd be like gearing up for convoys, getting ready to to LD and shit, and like you'd hear firefights break out in Ramadi, like off in the distance. You'd be like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, and then obviously at that point, if it wasn't us, if we weren't directly involved, we wouldn't have any idea. You know, it's not like they were fucking calling up anybody and be like, "Hey, we're just engaged our own people." <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's wild. Uh, that's where OP Hotel was there, right? Uh, probably not when I was there. It was probably broken down by then. I mean, but yeah. If, no, yeah. OP, OP Hotel was on, I can't remember. It was in Ramadi, but a dump truck hit it, dude, full of fucking explosives and fucking, so, we heard it over in Bakuba. So definitely, definitely heard about it, but, um, Huge. Yeah, we broke a lot of that shit down, man. There wasn't much left. When I used to run into Ramadi, we would just go to the provincial government center. 
we would just, oh, really? yeah, we would just um, reload Marines. Dude, I, get this, dude. When I was there, I had to get escorted. Towards the end of my deployment, I had to have Iraqi police escort us in. So they would, really? they would lead our convoys. That's how, that's how much, like, I went through the whole sofa status and all that shit. I mean, that shit didn't exist for you guys, I'm sure. Yeah. There was a lot sofa of sofa status. Yeah, man. They, you know, just like when you're in Japan, they did the, uh, yeah. What? Yeah. So I, didn't even, I didn't even act like I knew what that meant. There was a, there that's was, a forces agreement. Yeah. So there was a sofa agreement put in place while I was in Iraq and, and like, we had to do things a lot differently. We weren't allowed to share the road. Or, or we had to share the road. We weren't allowed to like lock our area down when we were running convoys. Like, dude, it was nothing. Um, we used to do things Fuck to get that. around it. We we used to do things to get around it. But um, uh, yeah, man, if a car wanted to drive up and insert itself into my convoy, like legally, I, we would have to let it. Like that's <laughs> that's what happened. We used that's to bounce. We would bounce shit off that motherfucker's hood, Ricky Tick. <laughs> that's what happened the first day that happened. My, yeah, my boys, like my buddy's team, responded to the VBIT attack. Man, as soon as they said that, um, they were on, they were on, uh, they were on support with. Uh, so they responded and did a post blast for a, a VBIT attack. Like it was immediate. As soon as they said, "Yeah, you you have to share the road," boom! Uh, immediately, an army convoy got hit by a VBIT dude. Believe wow. it, man. And they're not. They know. And those people they know. know. They know That's the rules. Saying, they know exactly. Yeah. They know yeah, before we all, do, man. They're all bad guys, dude. I, I didn't. I've never met a single Iraqi I trusted, dude, ever <laughs> in that entire country. There's not one. Where know, I was like that guy. Only, I agree, man. The only ones I got yeah. close to were a couple of our Terps, um, but even they were yeah. shady as fuck, man. Honestly, bro, we found our a. Terp, we, we did a health and comfort on all our Terps, bro. There was one guy there from San Diego. We found so much intel that he was feeding those motherfuckers, dude. They sent him home, man. Yeah. I didn't. It, it, from San Diego, bro. They sent him from San Diego to fucking Iraq. The guy's Iraqi. Yeah. And he was he a got fucking. Paid, though, I bet. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Bet, yeah, yeah, they probably let his ass go. Yeah, dude. And he was selling fucking intel to these motherfuckers. We found all the like they weren't allowed to have GPSs. Nothing, dude. Yeah. We found all that shit in his rack, man. Well, because they were drop once they GPS lock, they drop mortars in on the fob, dude. I mean, I mean, yeah, it rained on that motherfucker for a long time. Dude, Gunny Lane, he was a calm guy. He got killed by mortar while we were there. Dude, we would get attacked, man, and our fucking interpreter would conveniently not be there on those days. Exactly. Yep. And he would just come casually fucking walking back in, dude, like, just knowing that, like, if he didn't say anything, like, we could never, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we, we, we just knew he was dirty, man. So I yeah, had a, they all are, man. So I had a turp named Joe, oh. and he was super, he was actually super cool. He was a young kid. He was out of Baghdad. Um, we had a decent relationship. I mean, I trusted him as much as I could. And he definitely kept me from going down some like sketch routes. Um, but I would tell you when <laughs> we left, when we left Baharia and I moved up to Ramadi, I took him with me. He was going to be just flat out. Like we used to rotate our Terps and he was going to just be assigned to my team. And uh, when we got him up there and we processed him on, onto Ramadi, like they, they hit him for all this fake paperwork and shit, which I guess was, really? was sort of normal because a lot of these guys lost that shit like during the invasion. Yeah, and then, uh, he had all kinds of fake paperwork and all this shit, and they kicked him off. And then we went and cleaned up all his fucking gear. He had cell phones and a lot of shit he shouldn't have. I can't, I can't say for sure. Like, um, you know, he was like feeding intel or whatever. But you're right, man. He would conveniently sort of be on leave and shit every now and again. Like, and then like within that week, there'd be like a sporadic mortar attack or something like that. And he'd be like, man, yeah, interesting. Well, it seems like you can't deny this, bro. Like, you can't deny that you were gone today of all days, right? And like, you, you didn't have anything to do with it. I, I did. I you know, to be honest, I did used to feel bad for him though, because he was from Baghdad and, and like, I think the guys I operated in a Sunni area and I don't know how they figured it out, but they could snuff each other out, dude. They knew like who was who. It was dude, crazy. We had a female, we had a, fe we had a female get shot, dude. Like they killed her family 
uh, I, I want to, she got, say she got so what, six times and lived. Well, and um, she was, I, I didn't know her that well. She was with um, our other platoon that were on a, a, a different fob, but um, she just wanted to like make her country a better place. And so she dedicated herself to it. They killed her family and she still went back. Well, and then she got shot. And it was just crazy, man. And yeah, they sent her down to Anaconda and she was just chilling, man. But she had nothing left. Like she sacrificed everything for that cause. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You guys from Sudan. Those guys were interesting, interesting characters. The ones from Sudan. They were just there trying yeah. to. Make money. That's how mine was yeah. from Jordan. His name was Moose Mustafa. Yeah. So the dude, the Jordanians were cool, but the Iraqis didn't like them. So no, dude. Yeah. So talk. Moose could stand like nose to nose. He was like six four. He could stand like nose to nose to you, and kick you in the face, man. Like he was one of those dudes. Like to the yeah. side. I'm being dead. Like we gave him snuff one time. Like he kept asking for it all the time. He was a younger guy. We're like Moose, no, dude, dude. We thought he was gonna puke everywhere, dude. He we took it like a champ. He's dude, fucking dude. yeah. He loved dipping Copenhagen, man. I was about to say something about that. I freaking forgot. Never mind. Chris, how about you tell us about uh, what happened recently, man? What'd you get selected for? What'd you get picked oh, yeah, for, Chris? So crazy. Yeah, this is one of those things, man. Like, so somebody nominated me for a like a. A veteran home free thing. I told him I'm and, taking uh, credit for it if nobody claims it. <laughs> yeah, you know Robbie, dude. Yeah. I'll take credit. So, <laughs> like it's one of those things, man. Like even like an, I moved forward with the application process, but I felt weird about it just because like they're intended for families, man. And um, yeah, I, I, I just feel bad about taking that. You know, whenever you know potentially you know a loving family could could, could own one. And so I just kind of disqualified myself from it in my own mind. And that honestly, I didn't really think that was even going to get picked. Because I told him numerous times, man, like, if there's somebody that needs it more than me, dude, like, I'm yeah. good. Like, yeah. I'm good. And, um, yeah, and so COVID hit, and I was like, well, I don't know what's going on. I would check in with him periodically. Um, my friend Gina, uh, she works for him. I'd email her and just, you know, see how everybody's doing. And but I figured after COVID, dude, I was like, fuck, dude, it's got to be – who knows what the nonprofit's going through with them, you know, like what are they going to be able to do when they get out? And um, so I, just, I never reached out to them to, to check up. And um, when I got back from this last mountain trip, I got a call and they asked me to, if I would represent them on the radio for a, a, an interview. And I decided it's because I'm an amazing talker and I would represent them well. Yeah. And so they gave me the time and I called him this past Sunday and it was, I guess, Bobby Bones. I've never heard of the guy. Like I had no idea who it was. Robbie, do you know and, who he is? No, man. But I looked him up. I mean, he's a pretty popular dude. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm my the friends, only my friends, on earth. No, I didn't know who he was either. My friends know who he is. I, I didn't know who he But I don't listen to talk radio like that. He's a big dude in Austin. But like, so Mark Sanderson knew him. Yeah, he's like a network all over the nation, man. So he's a big yeah. Yeah, he, they say like I'm not saying chicks listen to him either, but like you know, chicks listen to him. Like he's a, uh, I don't know, he does things like this. So like he's, he's got a pretty large large audience. But no, I've never heard of him. So you, jump no, yeah, neither did I. Yeah. So I'm, they're interviewing me, and I call in. And like I don't know what's going on, bro. Like I was taking a nap, and I'd set my alarm to wake up for the phone call, and um, they were late calling me because they were saying they were getting a, a busy signal, and so I had to get their number. It was just a, a shit show getting into it. Yeah. But I got through and the guy was talking and he said, well, 
but he surprised me. Let me know that I was getting selected for a house. And like the reason I was on there is so they can fundraise to, to build me one because originally I was supposed to, they have houses that are already built. And yeah. if you need like a special adaptation, they'll do construction on it and fix something. And I thought if I got one, I would just get like a, a used house, which would be fine with me a hundred percent. Right. But I never in my life thought I was going to get like a, from the ground up. And so they notified me and let me know that like I was getting that. And like, I'm such a rock dude, like an emo, like I don't show emotions really well. Yeah. And like, I was so just like on my insides was going nuts, man. And sometimes I don't feel like I accurately express that, especially when I'm like grateful for stuff or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I was just really hoping that I expressed that to them in that phone call, like how, um, just grateful I was to it, man. Like you can hear it, Chris, the, for sure. You can hear it in your voice, man. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the house though. This is going to be like set up for you and sort of what, what you need. Like, can you describe, like, can you describe kind of what, like, what, like, what would you need? What, what would you need? Like, so house, I guess. For, for me, man, like a fucking bathtub, number one, cause I, I have a house without a bathtub Okay. and that sucks. Um, I like to shower and a lot, but like, yeah. Um, a shower that I can actually sit down in. Okay. Because I stood up in the shower up until like six months ago. Like I never used a shower chair ever. Again, like so that's leg on or leg off? I'm guessing leg, leg off. Okay. Leg that off. Be, I'm sure that's cha- that's a challenging thing, I would imagine. Yeah, but man, you know what I mean? Like the older I get and like the more I realize I'm like, I can't do this. I can't be a hundred percent for my whole life. I'm gonna fall someday. Yeah. And that, that's not gonna be good. Right. And there's no reason for it when I can just get a fucking chair. Right. I just hate, I hate the the white like geriatric fucking looking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get from it. Walmart. Totally get it. Yep. And so I never used it, but I went to my buddy Randy's house one night, and he had a shower you can sit down in, dude. And it had been so long since I had taken a shower and relaxed. Yeah. And just and man, it was just it was great. And um, ever since then, I was like, man, I would love a shower like that, man. Like mm-hmm. I would just love it. But I. Yeah, I mean, the shower I have now, is, it's nice, and I'm, I love what I have, but it was just, it never even occurred to me that would even be an option someday. Right. Um, but yeah, I told him that, and then good baseboards, because I kick the shit out of baseboards, and I break them. Real, I, every time I move out of a place, I got to pay my deposit, dude, because I kick baseboards. Yeah, that's not even something most people would even consider being an issue. No. Wow. <laughs> not at all, dude. Until you, <laughs> yeah, I, I break a lot of toilet seats, man. Uh, when I when I transition in and out of the bathtub, I it's usually by toilet. Yeah, and you, you know you get those cheap ass toilet seats, dude, that aren't durable. And like I'll snap them a day. Wow, yeah. that's not so. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's like these are things that um, folks don't even consider. You know what? Like what? Like you try to think to yourself, like what? Yeah, man. So to make this life better for this guy, you know? I mean, so it, like. Yeah, man. So like it, when I first met Chris and we took him hiking, dude, like, you know, we started asking him a lot of stuff, right? So it, it's almost like invasive to him. He's like, bro, I'm fucking fine. And he's like, I try to tell him like, bro, I'm trying to use you like to understand how to read people, man. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to understand what you can't do. I don't, I don't know his limitations, man. And that's, you know, me and Mark know how to walk. We know how to get up and down mountains, but we need to know like what ter- I know rocky terrain is terrible for him, dude. He yeah. likes either fucking hard snowpack or fucking, you know, like just regular gravel, like, you know, he doesn't like loose rock. Like that fucks him up or like big, you know, big loose rock fucks him up. 
I say fucks him up. It just slows him down, and it, it you know it starts to mind fuck you. You know, and that's what he kept saying the whole time coming down, uh, you know, Wheeler Peak in New Mexico. I was like, bro, I just want to step it out. I'm like, I know, dude. Like, yeah. And it's like he feels like he has. He doesn't have to explain anything to me, man. Like, it's an individual, you know, thing. It's it's just remarkable watching him do it. And then I know it's frustrating. So you know, naturally he takes it out on me. It's you know, I've been married before, so I know how that I know how that relationship works. You know, so I'm the closest person around. But you know, it's it's such an inspiration watching him do that shit, man. But it, again, you 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 have to learn, man. You have to learn, you know, what hurts and what doesn't, man. Right? Until you have someone in your life like this, though, that like can help you um, see all the fucking shit like you might take for granted, dude. You just yeah. never know. You wouldn't ever think to yourself, like, man, what a trivial fucking thing to just be able to stand in your shower and relax, you know? Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, I, I, I watch this guy fall over, man. And it's, he doesn't help you. He doesn't let you help him up. You know, like, you don't even ask. It's just like, no, I don't even ask. I mean, I just, I feel like an asshole because I turn my back and just keep going, you know, knowing that he just fell down. Like, I know his hip still probably fucking hurts. Yeah. But you know what? That's like I said, it's one of those things, man. Me walking down the stairs and my knees are popping and aching. And it's like, you think I'm going to fucking... I'm not going to bitch to him about it, but you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing with him. It's, it's, you know, he's, he keeps pushing through, man. And it's, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad he called me out. He said I was the first person he, he called FaceTime. I, I, I'm glad about his house, man. That's so fucking happy. amazing, right? So happy for you, dude. I, I hope, uh, I mean, I, I, I just feel like it could put you in a really great place and yeah. help, you, help you take care of you and yours, you know? Absolutely. That's why my son like have his own space, man. Like that's my main thing yeah. of how I'm justifying it and feeling it. Cause I mean, I have to learn how to accept shit, dude. I'm horrible at it, bro. Horrible. And it's one of those things like I always want to try and put myself or put other people before me. Yeah. And, but sometimes man, it's got to be about you, you know? And like, if you look at my, I mean, like when that kind of shit happens, dude, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is happening, dude? Like, is the universe about to implode? Like, it's like, I know my life kind of sucks right now. And then to have that blessing, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. No, just like you said, man, you said, you mentioned your son, dude, just uh, take yeah, and, yeah. for, for you and him and build your life together. You know what I mean? So that it's, yeah, it's special for the two of you, dude. Chris, it's just, not about me, man. Dude, you, exactly, man. I mean, you're doing good things, man. So it's, when, when you start doing good things, good things start to happen to you, dude, man. When I, so heard just, you, well, when I heard you reference your injury as a fucking paper cut, I think it's <laughs> It says a lot about your character and like what you're willing to do and, and the adversity that you're going to come through. And Robbie, well, Robbie says it best. Bro, so these guys here, no, so these guys here, like the, the, I'll miss the word handicap, man. Like Chris, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't consider Chris handicapped, dude. Like I, I don't, he's just dude. missing a fucking lower half of his left leg, bro. Like he's not handicapped to me. Like these guys, like he gave me one of his shirts, adaptive uh, training foundation shirts. I, I, I rocked that thing for like, First fucking six days he gave it to me. I wore it. Dude, I saw pictures in it three days in a row, dude. I don't know if you watched it, dude. <laughs> but, dude, it's, it means a lot to me, dude. So, like, he said these guys. So, Chris, tell them a little bit about what the Adaptive Training Foundation is, if, if you don't mind, and, like, what, what they did for you and what they do for these guys, if you don't mind. So, a, or I call it, we call it ATF. Um, it's founded by this guy. He was a linebacker in the NFL. Um, just an amazing athlete. He was He was – uh, the 2000 and I think eight very last draft pick, Mr. Irrelevant. And so, you know, he was already, used, can y'all hear me? Yeah, we got you. So he was already used to like, you know, he had, he joined the league with a, like he knew he had something to prove. Right. Yeah. And so um, he was at a disadvantage 
and he knew that if he was going to ever start, then, like, he was going to have to go through some shit, dude, and, like, work hard and earn it. And his rookie year, dude, he started. You know what I mean? So, like, he knows about hard work, and he knows about ethics, and, like, he understands the mechanics behind fitness. It's on a whole different level. But he blew out his shoulder, uh, left the, the league. He had a really bad painful addiction, kicked that. And um, he was working with pro athletes, and he had a business training. It was called um, Performance Vault. And one day he met this guy named uh, Travis Mills and Travis is a quadruple amputee, which he has no arms, no legs. And he met this guy and um, he was like, Hey, do you work out? (laughs) He said, Travis just looked at him like he was an idiot. He's like, no, I don't fucking have any arms or legs. He's like, what do you think? And you know, David never even processed it like that. And he's like, well, do you want to? And so he started working with him, man. And then he got him like on a cable machine and tied his stump off to the, the, the wire and just we he, they figured it the fuck out yeah and he realized he had something really awesome and it, it just kind of evolved into the the, tra- the the training foundation is now yeah but you just you just said thing about like getting up <clears throat> and some of the people that i've met there dude like my friend vanessa can too uh she was uh paraplegic she walks you know hand crutches she got in an accident when she was like 15 uh-huh. and i like i saw this girl like fall in the middle of target dude in front of everybody like in front of everybody, just embarrassing. Like, you know, her legs have a lot of abstracts. So they're really skinny. Yeah. And so everybody's just looking at her, dude. And um, she didn't want anybody to help her out, dude. And she figured it out, dude. She got her crutches out. Yeah. Because that's just what she does. And Look, um, ATF is civilian and military. It's anyone, right? It's all. Anyone, dude. Yeah. And it's cool because it gets us uh, mingling together. Yeah. And that's some of the best things that can happen to civilians in the military. Because, yeah. I mean military we all we all lose our limbs somehow we all get blown up same story but like civilians do they lose from like some crazy crazy ways bro yeah. and i yeah. think yeah they go through some shit, man dude i well i mean yeah. i saw alex smith they they alex smith's injury the broken leg like that was equivalent to a lot like what you went through chris and, and yeah he, they they sent him to the military hospital to bamsey it's one of those weird places where the military actually can give back to civilians you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they can interface the other way. Um, well, that's where I, it's a CFI, man. That's why I love that place, dude. So, yeah, dude, he said that this, that this place, like, nobody parks in the handicapped parking spots, bro. I don't, he <laughs> says, like, like, when cars pull up, bro, there'll be like people looking out the blinds, bro, like, with no legs, just waiting for a motherfucker to park in the handicapped parking spot. Like, they would give him shit. Like, if it was me or you, bro, like, we go over there, like, with our disabled vet plates and we're allowed to park in handicapped spots, right? We go park in that, bro, and then you got guys like these motherfuckers greeting you like, bro. Dude, I mean, it's, I mean, that's one of those things, too. It's like, I, and I, you see people float this kind of stuff around. And they're like, what is yeah. your fucking excuse? And, like, at some point, that actually has to trigger a reaction in your, in your mind and in, in your daily actions because they're absolutely right. When you see a man strapped to a fucking wheelchair because he lost both of his legs just hawking out pull-ups like you're just like what what there is more you can do you know and yeah i mean yeah and then just being around people like that dude it's obvious i mean it's pretty incredible you know yeah 100 percent, dude there's uh there's just an inspiration there man um it's just it's like i said i mean i think i sometimes i feel like uh you know folks who go through this this trauma in their lives actually wind up doing more shit than they probably ever imagined they would do when they were whole, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, but it's just like, you know, thing like I've never ice skated, dude. I have no desire to ice skate, 
but in my mind, it's not possible because it just doesn't make sense to be able to ice skate on a prosthetic leg. And so it was never, I never even thought about it, but I, my friend Caitlin, dude, like not only was she ice skating, she was doing it beautifully, like beautifully. Yeah. And so at that point I was like, well, if I wanted to do it, I can do it. And like, it's that easy. Uh, I just don't really want to, but, um, I think you'd look good in some tights, dude. You could get you some little, uh, like a onesie, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> I that, dude. <laughs> a little, 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 little grape smuggler onesie, bro. Ice skate. I could see you out there doing that, bro. Like a pink yeah, fucking leotard or whatever. That or just skating your fucking ranger panties, bro. You'd be all set. Everybody. Bro, I, think, I, uh, I don't I think was, that would be enough. That wouldn't be eccentric enough for him, dude. He would need. Bro, <laughs> I went to a, I went to a roller skate a while back, dude. And I had to, I had to use a fucking walk, and I hate being, I hate looking handicapped, bro. Like it's one thing, you know, being yeah. at a disadvantage, yeah. but like I, I had to use a walking, a walker whenever I was roller skating because yeah. there's no other way I could have done it. And uh, my son really wanted me to get out there, and I just, I felt like an idiot, and it, it was just, it was awkward, man, and I did not like it. Yeah, I mean, but, um, doing it for your son, I think, is probably a different situation. I get it. And, you know, and Chris Chris thinks, like, other people can't see that either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Chris, not everybody's an asshole like me, man. Like, I, I, I always make fun of Chris, but not everybody else does, Chris. You know, people see that you're doing that, man. That's good for you, man. That's good for your kids. Fuck what everybody else fucking thinks, man. You're doing something for your son, man. That's, that's, that's good, man. And that's what I admire. I admire. I admire that you do – that you do well, that, man. It's go, going back to the, the the parking lot deal, man, or the parking spot. Um, it's like every like especially back then, dude. We all knew everybody was doing ATF. Dude, but like some people did Spartan races, some people did CrossFit competitions, and so we all know what you did that weekend or that week or whatever. And um, you know, we'd go to the gym, like we'd just be in park handicap or, or parking a handicap, and it's like, bro, like. You can do a fucking Spartan Beastie, like five, 13 miles, and like you can't walk from the parking lot into the store. Yeah. And it's just straight calling people out, man. So it was just always interesting to see who would do it, who thought like <sighs> a place with nothing but just traumatic injuries, dude, and people that are maimed and considered disabled, like nobody parked there because they didn't think they were. And that was very empowering. Yeah, I could see where it's just a principled thing at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, uh, handicap parking is so it's so it's weird, like, man. Again, I've never walked in those shoes, right? So I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't possibly. Uh, I don't know how to wrap my mind around it, but I could see where people are like, it's a state of mind, you know. I mean, obviously injuries are different and they vary on certain levels, but when you got a guy talking about a fucking paper cut because he lost a leg or whatever. I mean, like, obviously your state of mind is in a whole nother place than, than other people, you know? So are you handicapped? I mean, I, I feel like you're only handicapped when you tell yourself you are, you know? No, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I'm, watch the shit yeah, you do, man. Not, I'm telling you, he's not, dude. I've, I've seen him at his highs and lows, man. He's not handicapped, dude. He can do – I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't – I mean – He can what, do anything what, me and you can do. What is it? To be handicapped at that, you know what I just—I don't even. I, don't I think know. handicapped is a, is a is a is a mental. I think at our age, at mm-hmm. least, I get I get it at a at an older age. So if, if you ever ridden with if you ever ridden with somebody who had a, an adaptive van, like, a, fr- a friend of mine, dude, he has this pimp ass van, bro. Like it has captain's chairs in it, and they swivel out, yeah. and he can get in his chair out of it, and has a, a a fucking ramp that comes out, 
And I see this thing. I'm like, bro, like your life isn't that bad. Like I know you're paralyzed, but your van is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, complete sarcasm, dude. Yeah, dude, I remember. But so- yeah. That's how you joke with it, man. Well, I mean, yeah, I give we give Chris shit too, man. I mean, yeah. but it's it gives it to me, bro. I but he was from the nipple line, man. His name was Will Holyam, and I met him at ATF. And um he would cough, he had no diaphragm, so he couldn't cough, and so he'd start coughing, he'd just fall over. <laughs> he couldn't get back up, so he had to pick him back up. <laughs> and like from the nipple line down, like Will's life was like he still had the use of his arms, but it was just such a high uh, injury level yeah that his, his life was difficult dude and all he did was he smoked weed and he loved it and he would get high and would start doing like trigonometry and like all this crazy shit that he couldn't do when he was sober yeah dude uh, i saw um, at one time i saw his caddy came and taught a class he was in a wheelchair and and i just was like you know whatever i mean you see that all the time like this cat was like teaching like a fireman's class or some shit and i remember walking out to the yeah. parking lot for lunch and i saw the suburban right and it had suicide doors on it and i'm like yo that's so sick like who you know that's like I, I old school vehicles with suicide doors is something i really love yeah. and i saw the suburban and i'm like why in the fuck would I, I thought it was awesome but i'm like why in the fuck would anyone do that and then like his seat came out and like dropped down to the ground and it was a dude in the wheelchair and like that's how he drives his car around and i'm like oh fuck yeah, like, yeah. you're like holy shit but, like so i mean what is it to be like i get like yeah yeah cool give him the handicap spot let him be a little closer but you know i don't know man yeah. I th- again i think it's um it's a mindset, dude. Yeah, I think a mindset. It's more of a mindset than a physical thing. I mean, again, I've, I mean, we're able bodied, right? It's hard to say like what is and isn't. You know, I don't know. It's yeah, it's to the person, man. Like you know, I'm I'm on a lot of amputee forums. Yeah. And I just see people that are there's a lot of new amputees that, that come on there and I just see how their their initial message into the group, like where their mindset is. Right. And some people are hopeful, you know, hopeful and, and, and positive and and, and uh, confident. And then other people, dude, like all of their fucking posts are just nothing about but their leg and the pain they're having that day and how their socket sucks and how life sucks now. This is harder. And it's just like, bro, like you're not going to lose your leg and it be fucking, you're not ever going to be as comfortable as you were before you lost it. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be some level of pain and it's just got to become your new normal, you know? Right. And, um, but literally, I, I forgot her name or I wouldn't say it anyway. But literally, I went to her actual page off the thing, and the same thing, dude. It was just nothing about her leg, her leg, or nothing but her leg, her leg, and just how fucked up her life is. And I'm like, you know, you're walking on your shin, like, you know, be glad you don't have your old foot because that sucks. Yeah. Um, you have this nice prosthetic, dude. Like, you live in a fucking amazing country. Like, you have handicapped spots you can park it if you are or aren't or whatever. Yeah. And um, she was just talking about how her fucking socket. And she was kind of unhealthy, and so she ate a lot of salt. <laughs> it makes you swell. Yeah. And so, she, yeah. Um, yeah, probably. So she wouldn't fit, people wouldn't probably wouldn't fit in her. Yeah. The right diet matters. Like no, your diet, your diet in, in terms of your limbs. Yeah, dude. Especially, days, especially well, early on, his, dude. He can't even get in his prosthetic some days when it's swollen. Like, that's one thing that I have to consider. Like, he can't hike back-to-back days. Like big time, because his you know his his leg swells, man, and he can't get it back in his prosthetic, and it's like I expect him to go walk ten more fucking miles. Chris, have you oh, flown? That happened. Have you flown with? Yeah, it, fly, it, it happens too when I'm flying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know it's it's weird, but like, whenever you initially lose a limb, you know your your body has to work extra hard to like you know heat and cool itself because it's 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 missing something. 
Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's misfiring because it's not understanding what's happening and it's either kicking too much in or not letting us out. Yeah. And so you sweat like crazy, dude. And, um, you just have a lot of issues, dude, like swelling, like diet was crazy whenever I first got it cut off because it was just so sensitive. <laughs> wow. And that's what I would notice when I eat things with a lot of salt, like I would swell. Yeah. Again, man, and that's trivial shit people don't even think about. Yeah. yeah. And so looking at hers, it's like she wouldn't fit into her socket. And I was her, it's like, well, fucking just go on a diet, dude. Like yeah. take that out of your diet for a while. And so she's when you, neg- you say, she loves negativity. Chris, when you say socket though, that's your connection between you and your prosthetic, right? Where, yeah, what your that might be what your stump goes into. And I'm <coughs> for lack of a better term, I'm guessing that's a huge point of friction in every way you can think, right? Not only actual friction, but if you're not correct, yeah. there, I would imagine that causes a lot of problems. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, dude, like I I think a lot of people I mean, their process, man, God process are amazing people, dude. The guys actually work on the legs because the, the amount of patience they have for trying to get somebody fit properly whenever they're trying to get to where they were at before the injury and like the comfort level yeah, and it's just not going to happen. And so they're never fucking pleased with what they have. And so these guys continue to try to redo these sockets to like reform them and just make them as good as they can. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's strenuous, man. I'm just, I'm guessing that not every injury or socket is equally the same, right? Like they're all sort of unique in their own way. Well, they have different systems, man. Like they have one called the pin system where um, there's a, a liner that rolls onto your leg and it's what we call a dolphin skin. Yeah. And that goes into the actual prosthetic. And oh, it's those cock sock. <laughs> it's my cock sock. Well, people always see the shape <laughs> and they look at it and I'm like, yep. He calls it his cock sock and it does. It looks like it would go over that. Yeah. Carry on, man. Sorry. Uh, I just want to be. Cock warmer, dude. That way it has purpose. Yeah. Sort of the exact here. <clears throat> for me to have it in my pocket. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. So like some pin systems, dude, like there's on the end of those liners on the very end of your stump, there's like a pin that comes out and that pin fits, you push down your prosthetic and it clicks in and it locks. Okay. And so like, that's one system. Uh, my system is like, I just kind of go into it and I have a sleeve that goes over my knee. So whenever I get all the way to the bottom, I pull the sleeve up and it kind of cuts the air off. And it doesn't really move. And then there's an actual vacuum where you do that, but you put a vacuum system on it and just suck all the air out. And that's a very tight fitting, very compressed around your knee. And to each his own, man. And usually it's whatever system you initially start with is what you stick with. You don't ever want to change. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of trial and error, man. Yeah, I, I tried to switch to a vacuum system in Oklahoma and like I I wanted nothing to do with it. And there's other people who like swear by it, man. Yeah. But I imagine people tell me it's got to feel it's got to just be like something like you said, like the first one you go with that sort of sets the standard for your, your new normal. And then you just yeah. try to make that better. Right. That's what it seems like. Well, dude, so I got, I had a, a sprinting leg, man. And sprinting legs are different because one side's longer than the other, just for the compression. So you're always out of line. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I wouldn't even consider that. But <clears throat> when it hits the ground, it's I, compress, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's what made me realize, like, I can actually fucking move in this thing. And, like, I can actually have some freedom in it and, like, and, you know, fucking sprint. And I fell in love with it and I never wanted to take it off. And it was so light. And I didn't I didn't know at that point what my preference was in legs. All I knew was, like, this thing was awesome. Yeah. 
And so I wore it. Every, I wore it for like two years straight, dude. Wow. And that's, you're never supposed to wear sprinting like anywhere near that, dude. That's so bad. But it taught me how to do everything off my front toe. Okay. And so I would do stuff and like, you know, you have hand-eye coordination. Yeah. I was able to figure out like hand-toe coordination for one, it wasn't even there. Right. And so I was able to put it places that I couldn't really see and I could feel. And that's, you know, I started doing Spartan races and I realized I was like, if I can put my, if I can just dig my toe in, dude, I can get over anything. If I just have somewhere to plant my toe, dude, I can get fucking through anything or whatever. Like there's nothing that can stop me. Wow. And yeah, it was just interesting, man, because it's just, it's just not a normal way for an amputee to like spend his first two years, you yeah, know? For sure. Yeah. That's crazy, man. It's, it's all the, all the shit you have to come through, man. It's just wild. It's a, uh, it's fascinating, man. It just tell it just tells everyone like, it's a story of inspiration for sure, man. It just tells everybody like you can figure it the fuck out. Robbie, I love that you said that, man. Um, my guys, my guys now like that work on these pages and stuff with me. They're always saying fitfo, dude. Like that's our thing. Like we just talk, shit. like we don't, we, we don't talk as much shit anymore. We're just like, yeah, fitfo bitch. Like, Figure, figure, it, out, figure yeah. it the fuck out. Like, yeah, and, and it's like, I mean, when you can get over yourself for fucking five minutes, like you can, you can legit figure it the fuck out. And Bro, it's that easy. You start making more fucking reasons and excuses to do something, man. You'll do it. Yeah. For I sure. mean, it's just, you'll do it. I've I seen it. I've seen Chris do it. Yeah, man. I love the stories. And I love watching you guys like when you're climbing and, and Chris, when you're surfing and doing all these things, dude, it's just, uh, it's just insane, man. Like, I'm a lot happier when I surf than when I climb mountains. You know, honestly, I feel like I can, I think it's, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like you show that in your, in your social media and stuff. Like it's pretty, um, I'm not gonna say it's super obvious, but like you can see where, um, that you love doing both things, but obviously like your place is definitely on the water, which is, is yeah, pretty- you know, but I've, I obsessed over it last year, man. Like I'm really obsessed over surfing and like, I, <clears throat> I took it a little bit too seriously, you know, and I'm glad I did, man, because it, you know, my entire training aspect changed just, be, you know, because of that. Yeah. But like, I just really, really like surfing, man. It was like, it's the one thing in my life that I've actually, I've done Spartan races. I've done all these other things and Fox, but that, you know, all this stuff was fun, but I can't really tell you that I enjoyed myself on a 13 mile, you know, Spartan beast. Yeah. Once it's like mountain climbing. It's cool, dude, once we were done, but it sucked. <laughs> but surfing, dude, as soon as I got up, bro, like from the second I let go of the road, dude, to like, so the moment I feel, I was like, that was bliss, dude. That was like flow. You know, it was. Yeah. I feel yeah. The same way. like when I'm out golfing, I feel the same way. And, um, that's what I, that's one thing that I've been telling people is like, you're like, you're one wave away from being right with yourself again. You know what I mean? Or yeah. you're one Robbie mountain away or one bike ride or one golf swing or whatever it may be. And that's kind of where I'm going, you know, or, or maybe Robbie in your case, like you're one, you're one hunting trip with some vets away from, um, getting a little piece of yourself back, you know, and that's what, yeah. that's where I'm at, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at thing, man. Yeah, I'm I'm looking to do the same thing, man. I just want to help dudes, and um, I, I predominantly want to do it through golf, but I want to link up with other people like you, Robbie, and and Warriors keeping the whole deal and and provide these things for everybody. You know, well, sure. You know what? You know what's cool, man. Uh, dude, get in step and tighten it up, Chris. Dude, fuck you, Rob. I was out <laughs> so late last night, dude. I'm not gonna <sighs> that way, but um, and carry on. Sorry. <laughs> You're fuck you, dude. You're good, dude. Don't worry. I, about I do that shit all the time, dude. It's all good. Hey, so last weekend I just was with Shishetti, man. Uh, we did a. a I saw a that. Shit. Yeah, I saw all that. What, what was that about? Like, was that? Was what, what was that? So Zapata's Zapata's dad works for the Houston Astros. Okay. 
He's an usher. He escorts um, people, right? We don't, we're not going to talk about the Astros, though, Robbie. No, we're not. We're not. I'm just saying. So that this guy, he's this guy that he's an usher for is a you know is doing very well in life, right, 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 right. <laughs> and owns this resort and uh, told this guy that you know he told him his son was a veteran and his eyes like lit up like wow you know bring have him bring some guys down and they can go fishing or whatever. So yeah, so Peyton and I like a little group chat. There's some of us that live in Texas. Yeah. And yeah, we drove down there. Uh, it was a good time, man. I caught some red fish. Caught a shitload of fish, dude. A lot of fish. So here in Texas, man, you can only keep three redfish, and they have to be at least twenty inches long in order to keep them. There, you can keep five per person, and they can be sixteen inches long. Fishing's always been your thing, man. That's always been one of your <clears throat> happy places to be, though, for sure. Yeah, I have a fly rod, man. A fly rod and flies. I've I've never been fly fishing in my life. I've, I've been wanting to do that, man. Like I I want to make that. Like I hope it's therapeutic, bro, because that's gonna be like. Dude, you need I'm, to get Robbie. On right, the, you yeah. need to get up here because fly fishing is massive up here. In I, I I will. I need to learn how to do it first, man. Like I don't even know how to fucking do it. I was watching a YouTube video on it this morning too. Like I know I'm gonna take Chris too. Chris is gonna come with me, man. Bro, you should see Robbie's fucking real real collection, dude. Like, uh, probably he, saw um, he was back in the he, day. He was working in the oil field, man. And I was, he was like, Yeah, this was like, how much were they a piece? Like two or three grand a piece? What? And they're just like, Robbie. Uh, I got, well, they're like, I've got a couple that are like a grand. They're not displayed, dude. They're just like in a box under his bed, bro. And he's just like, yeah, these are <laughs> real, dude. And I was like, Hold, like, you just get reels just so you can brag about them or like, so, uh, like, but- the Okinawa when he goes into like his circles of fucking rednecks, dude. They're like they respect him because of his real collection. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's how I feel. So everything made in Japan is, you know. So Hack lived in Okinawa too. Yeah. Um so yeah, when I was in Oki man, so they have this brand called Shimano Calcutta. It's like, you know, Shimano, you've heard of Shimano. Yeah. So their Calcutta is like their it's like their up upscale bait caster, man. So like the ones you buy here in the States are like between you know, like the base model is like 150 bucks, you know, 200 bucks. And then they keep getting, you know, just like vehicles, they upgrade an interior package, right? Same yeah. thing. So the ones they have, they're called the Conquest are like the made in Japan. Well, they're all made in Japan. But the Conquest is like the deluxe model. So when you go to Japan, they're all the deluxe model. Yeah. Like, So I got ones in Japan that you can't get in the United States. So I have ones here. Like I have a Calcutta 400 Conquest, that's I could sell for a thousand dollars easy. Like you can't it's get close. it here. It's like close for, if, I, if I had even one of those reels, dude, like it would be on a rod. Like the, you know, the ones that you get, the ones that you get here that they think that say they're those, you can tell the difference. So like you, you can see the difference in the reels that they're not. I can't. They're not the I same. I would be able to tell. I I, well, I, I and I wouldn't know unless you bought them over there, because if I, I ever had to go real. If I ever have to go re- like real shopping, dude, like, like, like you're, <laughs> you're filling with dude. me, bro. I'm your fucking I'm calling dude. you, dude. Dude, I'm just I trying to get Patty says, man. Or joint from Walmart, bro. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, Robbie. Yeah. I don't know what you have. obviously you didn't have all those Japanese ones when I saw your collection. No. But you, no. had, you had a whole closet full of reels and guns when I knew you in Missouri, man. That was crazy. Still, yeah, I used to have all the cheap shit all back when I was back when I was married. I had all the cheap shit. But once I got divorced and funny, was huh? on my own, I could buy all the shit that I wanted to buy. It was at the oil field, right? It funded well, yeah. your and I worked yeah. in the oil field. So yeah, that was I just pissed my money away. Then I didn't save anything. 
but, and that's what I couldn't grasp all these reels under his bed. I'm like, how the fuck can you afford this dude? Like this, you know what I mean? But then they sent me the old field. And I was like, Oh, you're okay. I got it now. So, I mean, I use them like I've used every single one of them, but it's a collection. They're collector's items too. Like I have a Revo salty stage. You can't get that United States. You can't, you just can't get them here. That's crazy. And they, I think with fucking can you, cars, can you use them as currency? If there's ever an apocalypse, dude, would that be, could you like, if I, yeah, like that would be something that like a fishing guide. So all these fishing guides, like they have like blanket gear, you know, they'll have like six or seven of the same exact setups. Right. right. Yeah. Cause that's all the shit that we'll use when we go on their fucking boat. This would be something that like he would use personally, you know, like that, that's, yeah. that's what it would be like. I mean, it, it's you just can't a, just get them. I think the issue is a small niche of people that would even understand what they were looking at. That's a, that's the problem. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There you go, Hack. And that's why Robbie kept them in, yeah. in the box. Because somebody robbed me, they're like, we don't want fucking reels. But well, they I mean, have no idea just, what they're passing out. They would just take that. Yeah, they would have no idea what they're passing I mean, that thing is like, that's you, probably the most valuable box in my fucking house. <laughs> that's probably 20000 I ain't going to even tell you how much money is in there. If you were to show it, me a rod and reel, I'd be like, oh, cool. Cool story, bro. Like awesome, having no idea like how much it really costs or what it means, but like you could you could show me a set of golf clubs, dude, and I could break it down to the cent. There, there you exact go, same man. Thing, you know, it's the exact same thing. It's just whatever Rob, whatever people are into, man. Robbie just got golf golf sticks, didn't you? I did. Robbie? I did. My uh, my old lady just bought me a set of golf clubs, man. Nice from from Dicks. Yeah, I I and that's what I I really wanted to come out, man. I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it, but worry about it. I'm gonna got a set of clubs out of it. Yeah, we're doing. I mean, we're rolling, man. We're, the tournament's blowing up, dude. It's it's doing good. We're getting a lot of players. I'm super excited about it. So uh, good, dude. That's good. We'll, That's uh, very good, man. We'll do what we can to help everybody out, man. Fucking Utah Utes. <sighs> Utah Utes, dude. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm a volunteer though. Yeah, no, Tennessee from New York, from Buff, from Buffalo, New York. I was born in Tennessee, bro. Shut up. It's where I fucking took my first breaths, Robbie. All right, man. <laughs> just saying. I, I like to tell <laughs> I like to tell Texans there may not be a Texas without those volunteers. I don't know if you agree or not, but I'm just saying. Oh my god! <laughs> I like how you directed that hostility at you, Robbie, because he gets sense it. I okay. sense that shit too, high. Yeah, d- dude. Like Texans are the coolest people until they start talking about fucking Texas, like, or until they like, start thinking like, oh, "I can drive an ice." I'm like, "No, you can't, dude." <laughs> then then like, they think they can do anything. They're like, oh, "Yeah, I lived in Wisconsin for a fucking winter like 20 years ago. I can drive an ice." I'm like, "That's cool." Like you're not driving my vehicle, Robbie. And I'm not, you've been driving the in the conditions. Okay, you're you're pretty good. You know, I lived in Michigan for three and a half years. I lived in Missouri for four years. So that's seven years I drove in the snow every fucking winter. So you can eat a bowl of baby They salt year round. They they prep like Texas dude. Like yeah. good luck going over a fucking bridge, dude. If it dude, freezes, because even, even here in Utah, it's fucking terrible. Like we get enough, just enough snow to fucking just create chaos. You know. Well, that's how it is in California when it rains. I mean, fuck. You ever driven on I-5 when it rains, bro? It's fucking mayhem. Yeah, I get it. Crazy, man. All right, boys. Robbie, give me a positive thought to put into the world before we end this thing. All right, man. I'm I'm actually looking at a a quote that I, I, I read every morning that I look at. It says, everyone, everyone wants to be the king until it's time to do king shit. Yep. And underneath it, I say, wear the fucking crown. I love like that. Like, you just, you have to, dude, somebody's got to do it, bro. Like, 
somebody has somebody has to fucking do it, dude. I don't understand how you how you time time and time again you come with fucking fire, just like ever since <laughs> I've known you, bro. Ever since I've known, even through all your stuff, like I'm looking at it right here. It's on my easel board of all the shit I have, man. Look, fucking next to my golf clubs, we were just talking about. I love yeah. you. Yeah, it's up the very it's up the very top. Yeah, Chris, you still with us? Uh oh, we lost him. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Chris, man. Uh, yeah, he fell off. It's all good. Chris, uh, your story is fucking the most positivity that I think we can put into the world anyway. So, it's, it's, dude, uh, dude, shout out to Chris for jumping on, man. Thanks, thank, thank you both again for letting me, uh, giving me an opportunity, man. I know you guys, you know, you, you dedicated time to this and I fucking, it's all good. For sure, man. No, I, I appreciate what you do, man. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, Robbie, Robbie, I'm so, I'm so happy for you, man, that you got your, uh, your nonprofit going and I think you're going to be able to do a lot of good. Yeah, man. Once I get my website stood up and, and have a place for people to go to look at, I'll be more, I guess, vocal about it. I mean, I, I'm very excited about it. Trust me. I'm doing a lot of ground stuff. I've, I've got a trip coming up actually in September. Um, yeah. I'm going to take some people to San Diego and go fishing offshore, man. And then we're going to go hike potato chip, potato chip hike. You should my, wife has, my wife has talked about I'm scared to death of that fucking thing. I mean, she's mentioned it numerous times. I'm so afraid of heights. I won't even let my wife take kids on heights, like on hike, okay. heights trips. Well, I'm going to take a group out there. I, I've never been either. I've seen it's pretty fucking chinchy, but I, I'm willing to do it if they want to follow. If not, they can watch from afar, and I'm perfectly fine with that. It's just more of the, uh, you know, we're going to go on a, a fishing trip one day offshore, and then the next day, there he is, <laughs> the next day, <laughs> Bigs, in Big's form, Bigs just popped back up. So yeah, we're going to go on a fishing trip one day and then the next day we're going to go hike and, and we're going to have some motivational stuff going in between that, you know, and that's awesome. So yeah, that's going to be my, my, uh, first little trip here. We do Good. Chris, you with us? You get, we got you back. I don't Chris, have audio, but get in step and tighten it up. Love that you keep saying that. It's so funny. <laughs> oh. Hey, keep looking at it, Chris. This just this video right here needs to be. You need to make a. Uh, there he is. Now you're connected to audio. Chris, you back? Yeah. Right. Face yeah. Sorry, my fucking Hodge. my phone died. Yeah. No worries, dude. So we're we're wrapping it up here, man. I I was just saying, like your your story is fucking insanely positive, man. I just if you want to put a positive thought in the world, like everything lately that I've done on these shows has been super super negative. So I just I try to end it with as much positivity as I can. So if you got something you want to throw out there, man, please do. Um. First and foremost, man, like you know, looks are always deceiving. Uh, you know, don't ever assume, you know, because somebody is doing amazing in a certain area of life that like doing, you know, I used to really fool people with like my Facebook highlight reel, man. Like nobody really asked me questions whenever I had certain content up and I had it up all the time. No, you're good, man. The highlight reel thing, I think people are, people are often um, mis- misled by that, you know? Uh, yeah. And that the last thing I want is for people to assume like, I'm fucking great. You know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of times where people come at me with stuff and I'm like, I don't think I'm good enough in, with that area of my life to be giving you advice because I suck at that. Right. And, um, you know, if, if, if I'm not going to be able to like benefit you with, 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 with what I have to say, like what's the fucking point in my opinion. Right. But I, I digress. Um, so I, I, I struggle in a lot of areas, man. Like I said, you know, everybody's like, Oh, you don't quit. You have all this tenacity. Like I don't, it's the people I have around me. Yeah. Um, I, I would quit all kinds of shit, dude. If, if, but everywhere, I, without even realizing it, every time I go somewhere, the people that I have in my circle are people that don't let me quit. 
So yeah, I make, you know, I make friends like Robbie or like, yeah. I, I paced the fucking camera guy, dude, on uh, Wheeler. He was this big, you know, out of shape guy. And like, I was super slow. So we, we partnered up and uh, <laughs> that dude love, kept me I on love, He motivated me, man. I, I left them with That's a bottle it. of water and some Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, dude. So like, later. I kept going. And so we were going on these switchbacks. I got a second wind and I had it planned out. I was like, if I fucking fall off the side, dude, I automatically, I need to know I'm going to stick my trekking pole and try to stick into the side. So I don't slip all the way down. Yeah. And he was nowhere around me, dude. And I started sliding down the snow embankment, down all these fucking switchbacks and my pole wouldn't stick. And they got stuck in this rock and I let go of it. And so it stayed up there and I slid all the way down and luckily I hit another trail, but I just kept going. And I, I met him like two hours later. And he was like, what the fuck? He's like, I was walking by. All I saw was one pole and this slide mark all the way down the side of this mountain. He's like, I thought you were dead, dude. And it just never even occurred to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he called me and um, told me that. He's like, nothing to be alarmed about, but I found a trekking pole. <laughs> I'm like, well, bro, why would you fucking call me then? But it never <laughs> yeah. thought to me. But like, until he said it, I was like, oh, shit, dude, my bad, dude. Yeah. Um, but I was just so ready to be done with it. So... But it was just a funny story because we were cool after that. I'm a result of the people who I have around me, man. And I'm really hard on myself. And, like, I take myself too seriously sometimes and overthink shit. And I have people like Robbie and fucking Mark to go on trips with. And they just totally call me out whenever they see me doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mark, I got done doing Guadalupe Peak. And Mark was just like, bro, just give yourself a fucking hug, man. Like, just be proud of yourself. And it was just such a foreign thing to me. And Mark's pretty persistent, dude. And he continuously does that. Even though I keep fighting it, like I show, I always try to counter it with like, I wouldn't say negativity, but he doesn't stop, man. He's constantly say, like putting good energy negativity. into it. I said you, negativity fits. Um, yeah. It's, but I mean, but Mark has an amazing heart, man. You know what I mean? And like, I need people like him who I'm, Yeah. And then, of course, there's Robbie. And I realized, dude, Robbie's kind of an asshole because he leaves his hearing aids out and he pretends like he knows what you're saying. <laughs> he shakes his head, but he has no idea what the fuck you're saying. Mm. And, um, yeah, here we go. Don't talk about <laughs> the fucking go. You guys are but incredible. The, dude, what's the one mark of true friendship, dude? You argue, right? Oh, For sure. That or you true disagree. Yeah. That or you just disagree a lot. You fucking butt heads, bro. I know we do, man. Yeah, but if you didn't butt heads, it would. I would. I would think it means you didn't give a fuck. You know, you're not going to spend. Exactly. Time, you're not going to spend time working that shit out if you don't. And we all understand that, man. Like we we do, and that's me. Chris knows the same thing. We we butt heads. I mean, we spent a lot of time together, bro. Like when we were we were just with each other for seven days, twenty four hours a day. Like we're with each I'm other all the including. time. I seclude like a motherfucker, dude. And so like yeah. that was really like eleven hours in the car with three other dudes was a lot for me. Yeah, and we did that and twice. I, we're, about yeah. to do it, we're about to do it again in fucking two weeks, bro. We're about to go climb Mount Albert or three weeks. Uh, but, but that's two, but that's three. getting out of my comfort zone, man. It's doing stuff like that, and I got uncomfortable and like I I kind of I got moody, you know, and I got irritable, and I kind of had a day where I was kind of a fucking kind of a a, a prick. In lack that's of a better word, right? Yeah, but that's why, I, and it's good though, because that's why we do this, man. Like it shows that you can get past things that you're foreign to, and yeah. and that it's okay to encounter new things that you're foreign to. That at the end of the day, all you got to do is lean forward and swing your fucking arms, man, and, and keep going. Like there's there's nothing gonna stop us. You know, we're 
And I think, you know, we're getting at a different point in our lives where we're experiencing different things. You know, it's just like a kid, dude, when, you know, you first experience toys and then you're, you know, you're too old for toys. Like we're starting to experience real life shit, you know? I mean, I know we've experienced real life shit, but. I agree with that, man. It's good that we have a, it's good that we have this surroundings though, man. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm I like introducing people like, like-minded people together, man. And I, I'm glad we can come on and. Yeah, man, you guys, you guys are incredible, dude. Everything you guys are doing, Rob, you've always been an inspiration for me. But Chris, thanks, man. Now that I, now that I see you, I mean, um, it just makes, yeah, it makes me want to do so much more. You know, times where I yeah. tell myself I'm tired, or times where I tell myself like, what, what am I even doing? Like, you know, am I even making an impact? All that stuff, man. It just makes me want to keep grinding even more. So your story is one that needs to be heard, man. And um, Jens, thanks for your time, man. Thank you again, both for your service and um, and everything that you continue to do. Um, in your personal lives, trying to inspire other people and trying to keep pushing people to be better, man. I, I, I just, I appreciate it and admire the shit out of it. And just thankful to, thankful to know you guys, man. Thank Likewise, you. man. Be good, man. Tell the family, said hello. Yeah, I will, man. So you guys take care of yourselves, dude. I'd love to, when, when, uh, now that the story, you, you, Chris, you've told your story. I'd love to have you back on where we can just vent about the world and all the fucking stupid shit that's going on. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm learning that like, it's good to have a, an opinion about shit. I like to act like things don't happen. And I just, but uh, you need to have a good, healthy, fucking, like, very well-educated, like, opinion, dude. That's, like, logical. And I've, I've never done that, dude. And I'm done, and, like, it's very fucking healthy mentally. Oh, yeah. This and, is the place to get it out, man, for sure. This is absolutely one of the places you should, uh, you, you should put it out there. So anytime you want to come back, man, I'd love to have you. All right. Cool, man. All right, boys, you guys take care of yourselves, man. And uh, I'll be following along, dude. And, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm watching, and I'm inspired. So. You're, you're definitely making an impact on me. I promise you that. Chris, congrats on the house, man. And um, I think it's well-deserved, man. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you build a life with your son and um, just keep pressing forward in, in this journey, you know? Thanks, man. All right, fellas. You guys be good, man. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for thanks again for joining. Bye, okay. man.